1: Salutations, everybody! It is Maddie here today with episode 237 of the Ham
0: Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick with ACG. <laughs> yeah, <You all> right. <laughs> I swallowed the I swallowed a sharp part of the Jolly Rancher right when I, right ooh, when you were talking. Ooh. Um, yeah, ooh. me, Carrick with ACG. All right,
1: well, yeah, there we go, smooth that time like butter. Yeah, that reminds me when you said the sharp part. Uh, there was this one time I think it was like two three years ago. I swallowed a toothpick by accident. I made a whole hey. video about it and. Uh, yeah, I How'd just, you
0: live through that shit? What'd I, you
1: do? I don't know. I remember, I remember I bit into a sandwich and I was looking at my phone, right? And I swallowed it and all I felt was like a harsh scrape in my throat. And I'm like, I look down, I see one toothpick. I don't see the other. And I'm like, oh boy. Because I'm like, that's sharp and that could get stuck in a number of places, whether it be my intestines or my throat. So I call my mom. She's like, yeah, maybe just go to you know the uh, urgent care. Let them know what happened. So I go there. He tells me, go to the emergency room. I'm just like, okay, now this is actually serious. Uh, we go there. They take like scans of my throat. They see like maybe like a a little horizontal thing. Maybe. Yeah. And oh, like, oh, gotcha. Yeah, good. like they're saying like, oh, it might be stuck if that's what it is. And then they verified from like a different angle and they're like, no, there's nothing there. You're fine. But uh, terrifying to know that I had swallowed it and uh, <laughs> not knowing how things would have ended up. Because what they were how saying, things, how things would come out of you in a day or so. Yeah, that too. That too could have been a little bloody, but like the the fear for them was it got stuck in my throat, and then I'd swallow, let's say a Something steak, else. and it would just sit on there, or mm-hmm. it would like pull down on it and like rip my throat. Like those two, I was like terrified about for
0: days. I was like, oh my god, like, I'm gonna eat soft food strictly. <laughs> I wonder if during, you know because they always show that like uh, you know a pop. Uh, sodas um, really soften up like a toothpick really quick because they're so acidic. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the only way to get around that would just be chug a bunch of pop continually and hope that you soften Son of a up. up so you can take that.
1: I, I wouldn't have even had to go to the ER.
0: <laughs> you would, yeah, because that's probably what I would have done is just been just chugged. Because, dude, they'll show videos of like wood in a soda, and it only takes just a couple minutes before that uh, it's really pliable. That'd probably wow. be the only thing I would think of. Wow. Interesting. And the idea of swallowing a uh, a uh, toothpick frightens me for some reason. I don't even have them around me, and I've thought about that before.
1: Dude, you'd Dude. be surprised how thoroughly I check these sandwiches now. Yeah, right. <laughs> so... I told you I swallowed
0: the dry absorbent packet one time, the sickest mm. I've ever been in my life. Because I Wait, had pep- what? pepperoni put on a pizza. Okay. You know, you get you buy the slices of DiGiorno is what it's called here. Okay. And you put them on a pizza and you cook a pizza. They have a dry absorbent packet, and that is there to keep moisture out. And then you put the, you, it, it's those drives and I oh. swallowed the drives. So I was just chewing this, playing a video game and it must've got between two pieces of pepperoni and like the hog master. Oh. I am, I gutted that thing, swallowed it. And I have never been that sick. It was like shitting an angry cat for three days. <laughs> I'm not lying. I, cause I used to never call off from HP. Like people were like, yeah, Jeremy's never, he never calls off. And I called off for three days in a row. I was crawling. I was puking. I was everything. I would crawl to the bathroom. take care of things crawl back and i would sit there and the only comfort i got was rubbing my legs together because i think it was sensory it was like Mm -hmm. that's because it hurts so bad and i didn't even go to the i i didn't know at the time i knew three days later when i passed if you're crawling to the
1: bathroom you should probably be in a hospital
0: (laughs) i I thought i had food poisoning so i was just like oh it was the pepperoni Mm -hmm. it was bad and i Mm -hmm. thought it was food poisoning and then three days later i heard a poop And I went and looked, and I was like, oh, shit, that was a dry absorbent. No wonder. So that stuff, if you've ever seen that shit, you can, like, drop it in water, a small mm-hmm. amount of water, and it'll be all, and it'll just disappear. And that's what it was doing on my insides. Oh. Let's just do a podcast about swallowing random shit. Yeah, honestly, I we think we be both gone lique. through uh, enough of that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alright, so for those who are new here, welcome to a weekly gaming show. We like to just cover the hottest news topics that happen each and every single week. Um, If you guys want to go ahead and support the show, we do do early access over on my Patreon for just a single dollar. Uh, You can get early access to the show two days ahead of time. Uh, If you want to get involved even more, we do patron questions at the end of the show, sometimes intertwining them with our respective topics uh, for the show. Uh, most times, though, we just like to reserve it for the end. And, and it's usually our longest part of the podcast because it's our time to unwind and just directly interact. Uh, with our viewers and maybe as we get more questions coming in we'll split them in half like do some in the beginning some in the end to sort of not overkill it at any part of the show but if you want to get involved in that at the three dollar level you can join my patreon and uh, be a part of the discord where you can submit those questions and interact with a great community carrick also has one and is there anything going on over on your patreon good sir
0: no, we did UFC last week. We did it where everybody sat that fight. and watched UFC. That, <laughs> that fight was fast, but the rest of the fights, we, we just have a good time. I mean, everybody's eating and some people are drinking. Like the Holly and, Holm fight? You know, I like I like her overall. I love her attitude. Um, mm-hmm. But I've felt like she's on her way. Like something has not happened for her. Mm-hmm. It, it just You know how it is? Like, uh, Do you know the guy who always wears the American flag? Um, he beat Anderson Silva. Um, uh name's not coming to me but but that guy he everybody was like he's the up-and-comer right mm-hmm. he won once he got and then lo- once he lost it he's just continually been beset by bad training and injury and i feel the same way with holly holmes i like i like her a lot and i'm as happy she knocked out rousey one of the best experiences i've ever had watching <laughs> nfc i've never i celebrate only a couple people's demise and ronda is definitely one of them <laughs> i hate funny. bad attitudes well, like Connor, yeah. his attitude was great. His he, attitude, he, dude, he hugged he, the old lady. He, he like a different man titles. in that ring. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Think about this, Maddie. $200 million is what he's worth, mm. and he returned to fight in good shape, which is so rare for champions. I was mm. talking about this in your Discord, that I was like, I'm wondering if somebody worked on different goals now, not becoming a champion, but like becoming it and holding on for a certain amount. Of... Because a lot of champions, that's all they look at. And the moment they get it, shit goes downhill. Yeah, because it's um, like, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? Yeah. He, dude, he, uh, he, yeah, it was, I don't like him normally, but that particular fight, hats off to him. He's a very good sportsman, which I love.
1: Yeah, that's what I like to see too, Hugged his opponent immediately. That's what caught me off guard. I'm like, wait, what?
0: I do feel, so you watched it with your friends.
1: I watched it by Win- myself.
0: <laughs> oh, you watched... Well, dude, you could have just come in the fucking. I didn't his- think to.
1: I I I don't know. I don't. My brain doesn't work that way. I usually think like, oh, we got to go out for this or go to. Oh, gotcha. It was. It was the original plan was to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and and get some wings and watch, watch it together it, but or whatever. It, it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, the weather was bad and we were just like, you know mm-hmm. what? Well, let's just
0: stay in. So I was sick so, like watching it by myself. I'm I'm not dissing on him, but I don't think it was probably the best when they. So they didn't really touch gloves at the starting, but there was no animosity. They stepped mm-hmm. back. When they got together, it, I've watched that a couple dozen times, and it does look like for a brief moment Cowboy thinks they're going to touch gloves. Mm-hmm. And Connor throws that big haymaker. Now that's smart because Cowboy starts out slow. It's very smart. But I did feel that that was, I'm not going to say bad sportsmanship, at all in fact cowboy you could say was dumb you should at yeah. when you're at the back of the ring and you and they're calling you and say fight you should go like this which indicates do you want to touch gloves first he didn't so that's on on cowboy but i did feel that that if you look like connor looks like he's sort of like gonna touch gloves and it's like shh, shh, and mm-hmm. wouldn't have changed the fight i just that was the only thing and that's nitpicking um it was, it was i like knockouts by the way I don't know mm-hmm. about you. I heard a lot of people complaining. Like, I want my money back. And I'm like, that's not how it works, dude. You watch a movie, shitty ending. Guess what? You paid the money. For yeah. me, I'm champions knock people out uh or they win handedly and I'm absolutely like that's okay with the that. The nature
1: of the sport.
0: You you know the, the fight can end quick. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's your brain. Somebody yeah. if you've ever been concussed, it's the craziest thing in the world. And Cowboy wasn't, but he was beat to fuck and they he slaughtered his nose. That nose is yeah. still orbiting like low earth <laughs> right now dude did you see his nose yeah it was yeah, fucking like yeah, over here <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah yeah it was fun to watch
1: good all right so what we like to do in our introductory section here is talk about what games are playing Carrick, you posted a preview for strangers wrath i saw you did a review for walking dead saints and sinners uh for the vr um whichever one uh, outside of that maybe you're playing something else too uh would you like to get into
0: yeah, Journey of the Savage, Journey to the Savage Planet. Oh I'm yes, so you said you were reviewing um, that last week. Reviewing that, and then Saints and uh, Saints and Sinners is probably one of the number one uh, VR titles I've played. Uh, is, is the hmm. level of fun in that game, and the level of interactivity, and like grabbing a zombie and throwing him into Joe Bob so that they both fall off some stairs so you can stab the third one is it, it's awesome. Yeah, I was
1: watching your review and I was I was fascinated how much like the show was where you like put the knife
0: in their head and you can use your hand to like Dude, grab their head and pull it out. It cr- was yes. I was like it's, wow, okay. It's crazy. And if you so you can chop people's heads off and and arms off and stuff, but the main attack, yeah, is this knife and what's cool is you can barely stab it, you can kill them. But when you do, you have to jerk the VR wand away to get the mm-hmm. knife out. So what I was doing to feel like a badass is I wasn't. And I was just dragging zombies. In, I saw right, that in your... <laughs> yeah, dude. And grabbing people. And, like, you'd kill somebody. You just grab their head. You're talking to another NPC. And you've got this zombie or a person. Yeah. And, yeah it, um, it, it works really well. And it's just like State of Decay in that... Uh, it adds more than I expected. So State of Decay added your skills and your characters mattering. Mm-hmm. Um, in this one, there's RPG elements I was not expecting that push it just a bit above most. And I think that nice. um, the the only problem is you have a Rift. Rift, right? Us. And I have the WMR, the Vive, and a Rift. One of the problems is, and I have a Samsung. Um, it's a dark game so if you have an lcd screen in your Mm -hmm. vr versus oled oled allows for them to shut off the shutter so black looks black darkness looks truly genuinely black well with our headsets they're lcd so they're consistently gray Mm -hmm. so at nighttime not great looking at nighttime um the world looked gray that's the only way it's like this fine layer of gray and uh with the Odyssey, it's got an OLED, so it was perfect on that one. That was one thing I noticed, which sort of sucked because okay. it's, it's You notice it on Elite, which I know you haven't played. Well, Skyrim. So Skyrim during nighttime, if you concentrate, you can tell it's not nighttime. It's yeah. super dark gray nighttime. Uh, on those yeah, nighttime.
1: It's a lot. A, that's a big complaint for BGS games alone. A lot, of, and, and now gaming True. is starting to no talk night, about it. Like, yeah, just nighttime yeah. doesn't feel like night. I mean. I think maybe one game that got it right was Dying Light. I think there Dragon was some... Dogma. That one, too. Yeah, that one's probably the best yeah. example. Um, because I remember Dying Light because they changed how the world... Uh, how dangerous it was at nighttime. And I do remember mm-hmm. it being pretty dark out. Uh, it's been a number of years. Like, what, five, I think? So mm, yeah. yeah, it's been a yeah, while. It's been a while. But from what I recall, that was one game that did darkness well. But So it's interesting you mentioned that. Cause th- does, I don't remember if you said this in your review. Does the world change at all when it does turn to night in, in that game? Or...
0: Yeah, so the bells ring, and mm-hmm. basically the evil group is calling zombies to kill everybody in town. They're, so there's different factions, and you can actually help or hinder the factions. Mm-hmm. And so if you stay out, these bells ring, and then zombies just come from everywhere, and you have okay. to sort of hoof it back. You can't actually travel into town at night. So if you're in town, it's fine. The bells ring, and you better run somewhere if, it's, if you're at home which has to be the best homeless home I've ever seen in my life. That guy's homeless home is better than my house. <laughs> he's got a bus. Right. He's got, like, a huge place of safety and places to build. Um, it, to to go back is just this little skiff, this mm-hmm. little, like, floatable, submersible, because it's New Orleans uh, after it's flooded. Right. And, uh, yeah, so that changes. The factions can be up or down depending. So if you help them, you know, they'll they'll help you. You can help people on the street. um that all changes. And then when you go back, it rearranges where some items are. So sometimes you come around a corner and where there was a brick or something prior, there might be a piece of a gun, and you can grab that because it's all about collecting and nice. and, and getting the scrap. And then uh, playing, uh, so Stranger's Wrath, did you uh, ask for a code? Because I got the code late.
1: I I was going to, but I chose not to because ultimately I was like, I've played this game so many times, I feel like I'd just be almost asking for my own personal desires, not because
0: I wanted to make content on it. But I really want to play it. That's exactly how I felt, so I didn't review it. I just did the mm-hmm. unrated, which is like um, a "what the fuck" video kind of thing yeah. from Total Biscuit. Yeah, and I uh, like when you do those. Yeah, those are good. It, it was—it's uh, it, a surprising port because I've never seen a port on a Switch add anti-aliasing. Off yeah, it.
1: I saw that in your video. I was like, "What?" Yeah, yeah was, dude, I've never. That's weird.
0: Yeah, I've never, and pretty sure it was dumping FPS pretty badly. Oh, and I will say, handheld, and this is something we notice, runs pretty smooth, butter mm-hmm. almost. But man, you dock that thing, dude, yeah. uh, even with the FPS or with the uh, anti-aliasing off, I was having issues, but it's, it's Stranger's Wrath, which didn't necessarily age great either. It's almost like KOTOR when you and I, I like KOTOR, but when I return to it, I'm like, damn son, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is pretty rangy. Like there's some right. shit here and that's Stranger's Wrath, dude, the what, fucking uh, camera, okay. the
1: camera. Yeah, I was going to say, what didn't age well? Because I have these fond memories. I played the HD remaster on the PS3, and this was right. a while yeah. ago. I couldn't even give you a year, but uh, it was a really long time ago. So, yeah, so it's the camera?
0: Anything with the yeah. gameplay? and the camera doesn't. So I don't know if you remember, but the camera sensitivity is much faster right and left than up and down, but you do need mm-hmm. to look up mm-hmm. and down at times. And so when you are in third person trying to look down, no lights it's slow. <laughs> And you're just like, please hurry. What the fuck? Also, I firmly believe, and I'll I'll go to my grave believing this, I really do believe that game didn't need third person at all. First person's the way it should be played. It plays spectacularly well. In third or in first person, and you get to see the creatures, the fucking mm-hmm. chip punks, and uh, that, that dude, dude talking all the time. Give me somebody to kill. Oh, or whatever, oh you know. on your gun, the one who sits on there on your gun, yeah. Th- yeah. They're and uh, like the charge flies. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't fire quick enough or dude, don't yeah. fire, they it start is, to charge up on their. It's so good. If
1: it was just a first-person shooter, I think you could make a solid argument that it'd be like I don't want to say one of the most revolutionary ones, but one of the most truly unique first-person shooters. But because it's yeah, like a hybrid. For sure. It kind of, yep. like, loses that identity. But, man, like, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't played Stranger's Wrath, it's probably the most accessible Oddworld game nowadays. I agree, you know, yeah. And, and because it's a shooter, and it has, like, this, uh, for those of you who have played the older Star Wars games, Star Wars Bounty Hunter has an element of that, you know. But the the ammo that you use is just incredible. Uh, for, for Oddworld fans, you'll know what fuzzles are. There are these small, cute brown balls of fur, Uh, But they have razor-sharp teeth, and they will go crazy to defend, like, their, quote, masters. Uh, And Munch originally, like, controlled them in Munch's Odyssey. But in this game, they're used as a type of ammo. So you could shoot them onto enemies, like, at a bunch at a time, and they'll start, like, tearing them up. Uh, Like Carrick said, you can use charge flies, which is, like, your pacifist playthrough type of ammunition. You charge it, and you can kind of stun them. And when you stun them, you can capture them and get a ton of moolah, like money. Uh, which you can spend on
0: various upgrades for your character. I think for the amount of ammo you can carry. Um, yeah, it's, it's ammo, and it's um, it's also uh, more and more ammo because you hunt your own ammo, which I is awesome. Yes. So I like forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So all the ammo is in nests. So like you'll see cobwebs. Mm-hmm. That means the spiderons. I can't. I, mean, I can't remember what their names are, but they're the spider characters, and you have to shoot them with the electrify the the zap flies, which is your unlimited ammo. And what I liked about it is not only the hunting aspect, but dude, it's one of the few games where you can use almost every single bullet and item on the boss without the boss not reacting to it. How many times have you got like a stun gun on a boss and you shoot it and the boss is like it's too small. Here Mm -hmm. it just works very quickly. So like I would wrap up the main boss for maybe a a half of a second at most while the enemies, normal enemies would be three seconds, let's say. And I ended up killing the boss by not even paying attention. I shot the fuzzles at the ground because you can trap people by putting them at the ground. Yes. The boss came around. I hadn't done any damage. He came around and I electrified him. Those uh, fuzzles jumped on him, and he fell into the fan and exploded. Oh, and I was just wow. like so I killed him and sat, I couldn't even put it in the video because it was just like there was no time I didn't even catch it because mm-hmm. I shot, electrified him, turned to run, and I hear bra and then it went to the cutscene. And I was like, wait, what? And then I realized what had happened. He had fallen in there. Okay. Uh, it, it, and it just all the different ammos and the way you can use them against all these different, uh, all the different creatures, you can drown them by scaring them into the water because no <laughs> one can swim but you. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a uh, really good game, but it, its quality of life for now is rough as fuck. So if anybody's jumping into it, be aware. It In first person, it controls fine. In third, he's too heavy. He has way too much like inertia that's required to get him moving yeah. and stuff yeah I get that Yeah, cause there, are, there are
1: certain parts where the the third person movement is a, you you need it to move quicker because you can start like exactly hustling with it and you don't have that in first person so if they just added like a sprint option to the first person that would have worked. It would have been really interesting. Imagine you're in first person the whole game, and you, you hear his voice. He's like, got to get to town. And, like, yeah. you're yeah. just wondering what he looks like, and they just show that later in the game. Like, that, that alone would have been, like, a what kind of moment. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think
0: it, it definitely is very unique. Um, I think – how much is it? 20 bucks. That one, you know, I didn't even check the price. Hmm. I'm just guessing 39 but that's, okay. I don't know why I'm guessing that. I'll double that check, be completely wrong.
1: but I was going to say, for, for those who want to know if it's worth it, I can't speak to the port, but um, I think the game itself is very good. I don't
0: want to speak to Handheld, tech, but... the port is perfect. Uh, I, I, sorry, not perfect, but is completely, there's no issues, and mm-hmm. it looks really good handheld. It looks a little less good docked.
1: Okay, $30, so. I think that's a little much. I'll be honest, $30 on Switch for those
0: who are interested. And is uh, the rumor that they're doing this, Maddie, to sell, to make money, to make, like, Soulstorm? Well, or whatever. Like, I was told that, not by them, by the way, mm-hmm. but I was, t- like, the rumor mill was that they're releasing the, this kind of thing to make money for, like, I don't know if it's Stranger's Wrath 2, or is it the Soulsburg game? Maybe they're just doing... Probably, hmm. Soulstorm definitely has to or come Soulstorm. out
1: this year. I think I think that's more likely. Um, so I would I don't know. I mean, see the thing is, I always tell this story, but I think it's so important. Is I recall distinctly meeting Lorne Lanning, who you know was the director of the whole Oddworld series, and I was you know just hanging out talking to him because. Um, originally when Soulstorm was announced back in 2016, they told me I'd be doing voice acting for the game. I don't know if I'm still going to or not, but um, you know, I was just meeting up with the team and like, just getting a chance to talk to people who created some of my favorite games. And I always remember the guy who runs limited run games showed up in like just a, you know, casual jacket and jeans. And he was just like, Hey man, what's going on? They were talking briefly for like literally 30 seconds. He's like, so I think he said like uh, new and tasty on the Vita. And Lauren was like, yeah, let's do it. And he's like, all right, man, I'll give you a call. They shook hands, like agreed, like they're going to put a physical copy out there. And that was it. So I don't want to put a, an, a large amount of thought into why they did Stranger's Wrath on the Switch. Because it seems like, you know, they're the type of company that's just like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know, what what hurts us with that, right? Right. Um, we just have to port it, make sure it works, uh, which it seems to mostly Um, So I I don't know. I don't want to think too deep into it, but I still think that uh, it is possible they're using it for funding for Soulstorm
0: because that game has been in development for a while, a really long while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just wondering if maybe uh, like, I I wonder why that one, Mm -hmm. why that was the plan. Like we don't see it on the Xbox X or anything. Yeah, Um, Yeah, uh, that's
1: true. I think it's because switch ports in general have been just naturally doing really good. You that's know, the, true, yeah. Just the idea of playing a game on the Switch. I wouldn't be surprised if that game did well on the Switch. It just sort of fits that weird middle ground. Nothing's happening for a couple of months. I think it's a smart release. I think that's why Kakarot's doing so well for people, which I'll, I'll talk about when we get to what I'm playing. I just think, like, it's it's launched in the right time. Everyone's sort of looking for games to bide their time until March when, you know, for lack of a better word, shit they really care about comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but is there anything else you're playing? Um... No. All right.
0: Nope. That's it for right now.
1: All right. Yeah, I'm just playing Kakarot still. Um, I'm trying not to go too crazy because I know how like you can easily like when time is free and you you know, I, I like my gaming plate is relatively clear. I don't have like a ton of backlog games. Yeah, you, know, you want to take everything on. Uh, I'm just sticking with Kakarot. I want to beat it uh, this weekend. Hopefully, uh, I'm gonna get the platinum trophy. I haven't gotten the platinum trophy in a while, but this game's platinum looks pretty easy. Pretty easy. So uh, I've kind of made the call to myself like, yeah, I'll do this. Um, I love Dragon Ball. I still my thoughts have not actually for once. It usually, like my thoughts develop and alter a lot from my initial impressions, which I posted on my channel when the game launched last week, as we record this. But quite honestly. My thoughts are the same. I still like it, but I still think it's like a really average game that's for like a very specific audience. And even that specific audience, so. I think, can find pretty significant flaws in the game. Like, you know, you you could say to the audience, well, the side quests are good for fans, but the side quests still kind of suck in design. So it's one of those things where...
0: Punch 50 deer in the ass.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Dude. it's just, it's honestly just strictly benefiting from the semi-open world dragon ball feeling um i hope they do do this type of game again and fill out the world a little bit more i hope that they add more activities uh and they kind of treat the gamer with a little more intelligence some of the mini games like the baseball mini game I'm like oh this could be awesome and it's just like a timing mini game same thing with fishing where you're just like dude like i'm just doing something like point. a
0: qte yeah or something it just doesn't feel yeah it's not even fishing it's like i don't know it's like it's why is it? Like... it's final fantasy 15 like that had good fishing exactly right? you know, exactly it's, dude it's, i don't get it and when you and i were talking about this earlier i and i remember you were a little hotter on it than me because you're a dragon ball fan mm-hmm. i i loved xenoverse um yeah, but same. i'm gonna be honest too i was i was two things shocked me i don't know if you feel the same way about the combat but the, so so the B button combat is fine at the starting, but I feel it front loads the game so that by the time I was done, my actual hand hurt because I mm-hmm. wasn't really moving my fingers much. It was just BBB B, 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 yeah. B, 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 And then, and so later on, the battles just weren't, at, even, yes, you are using the trigger and doing your specials. But what I mean is, it's, it wasn't as interactive was no, as it could have been. Right. There was almost no reason for just the B attacks, I guess. You could almost have, dragon, remember Devil May Cry has the auto combo thing? Yeah. That for easy mode, you could have just you could have just said normal or easy mode, um, and then dude, the orbs, I they, <laughs> they really frustrate. They're just there, and yeah. they're there for no reason. They're just and you there. get such
1: an abundance for how much you level up. It's really weird. Like you yeah, have eighty, a, I have like eighty thousand, but like I have nothing to spend it on. Even after doing like the training room and stuff, I'm just like, why didn't they just make these like mission rewards or something to compel you to do right? Plus? I think they right. realize, I think that's when you when you start to talk about it more, that's where you realize the developers were probably like playing the game and went, Oh shit, you know, the game's kinda empty if we don't have something <laughs> in between. Yeah. Um, and I even say that as someone who loves, you know, the occasional collect a thon, like we we joke about Ubisoft Itis, but like sometimes those games can just hit right. Um, fortunately this game isn't as bloated as a Ubisoft game, so I think that's yeah. why people aren't as hard on it because what's worse is if It's a gargantuan title, which don't get me wrong, it's a lot bigger than most Dragon Ball games. It's like a good 40, 45 hours, I think, to complete it, and that's not including just all the side activities you can do. But it's not like Odyssey, where you can note some collectibles are pretty much in every location, and then you have this huge story, and then you have points where you have to level up. There's like a lot to it. Um, fortunately this game doesn't really suffer from that, which is why I think people are more forgiving, but I've seen some really high scores with the game from what I have played. Like I've seen sevens, uh, I've seen eights and you know, this is come from someone who likes the game. I think that's way too high. It's, it's absolutely like a, a way for a sale as far as I've played, you know, that, does that change my enjoyment? Does that change my willingness to platinum it? No, but also, like I said, I am obsessed with Dragon Ball. So like, I'm just kind of doing it out of principle because I'm, I enjoy it, but I enjoy it in a very,
0: like, narrow-minded manner. <laughs> also, so. I don't know about you, Maddie, but I, I don't know if I played this wrong, but I had some money, and it was like, do you want healing, whatever the healing potions are, there's one that does 10,000, no, 50,000 healing, mm-hmm. I think, or something. Which That's is the pretty other much, issue
1: I'll get into. Sorry, go on. Dude,
0: oh, I was just going to say, I bought a couple of those, and any boss battle I went into, it didn't, one thing I didn't like about the game is it you'd defeat a boss, and then it would go to, for a brief second like you were gonna fly around and then another boss that Mm -hmm. i died a couple times because i was not prepared once i did the healing things never died again i had somebody telling me that they like the game was hard and i'm like dude in the entire time i played the game i died 11 times and at least four of those were double bosses See, like surprise bosses i guess yeah
1: yeah what they needed to do i think to up the combat difficulty is i think the b or circle to melee would have been fine But they made that sort of like the beat down button and they didn't get Mm -hmm. you interacting with like square or X is the key blast. They didn't make like enemies do certain things where it might be better to back off and shoot energy out of your hands. They didn't make it uh, a boss where maybe countering could have been more intelligent than Mm -hmm. just going in. And I know Dragon Ball is about the battles. It's about like, you know, epic clashes and all that stuff. Um, But I, I just think... They they got a, a little complacent with their combat because it looks great yeah. presentation wise. I mean, it, it looks great, yeah. sounds awesome. Um, I really like that aspect, and, and Dragon Ball games typically tend to, to nail that. But you know, when you look at a, a fighting system as complex as uh, Fighters, and even Xenoverse has more complexity. Xenoverse than this game. does. For and sure. that's yeah. saying a lot, man, because like yep. I know Xenoverse, like there's a, you know, I, I watch a lot of Dragon Ball YouTubers, so I know there's a level of complexity of that game that you kind of only know if you really go deep on it. And it's great that that's there, but it's sad to see in a game that was marketed as a Dragon Ball RPG that it has less to offer in some of those areas than a legitimate Dragon Ball RPG, which really wasn't marketed as such, you know, yep. at least in Xenoverse, you pick your race, you build out your stats um, I, I I feel like Namco just used the wrong tagline to to market the game because Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is an RPG, but in a completely different way than what Xenoverse is. Like Xenoverse offers more of the RPG stuff and customization. Yeah, RPG.
0: Light, light, light.
1: Yeah, like it offers the cool customization and all the powers you can use and and the stat builds. Like that's nice about Xenoverse, and that's what I love about it. But for some people, RPG is just like playing as someone and that's really it and i don't mean like agency playing as someone where like you have control but like to Namco, it seems like their terminology of role-playing game is like you're role-playing as goku and friends in this world and you can choose if goku wants to go find some minerals or if goku right yeah and and to me when i saw that i was just like "Uh, i mean i still like it I still think some of the RPG systems are, are solid enough for what the game's trying to do because, uh, like, the community board's cool. I think once I got it, I was like, okay, this is kind oh, of, like, a unique thing. But love the community board. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that was one of the cooler parts of the game because it kind of encouraged your knowledge of the Dragon yep. Ball franchise at the same time as, like, buffing your characters out with skills. That was probably the most RPG system of it all, the super attack palette and everything and, and support buffs, kind of, like, standard skill set things that... You've seen a lot of RPGs.
0: I learned more about the cartoon from the community board and the big piece of paper codex that show uh, relationships, mm-hmm. where it would show like Goku and then show like. Oh my you know, God! That someone the, drew that. that. I was like, pfft. Dude, it was that not pure insanity. And what's nah. cool is, depending on what you did, some of them would not unlock. Because I was like, I I was done and I was all, why are like these three characters still shaded out? And then Mm -hmm. I saw somebody else's playthrough and they had some, I had some characters showing that they didn't. So there is some optional fights Mm -hmm. in some places. Um, And then I don't know about you, but eating a piece of chicken that raises my hit point up by one when I have 50,000 is as uninspiring as ever. Like, yeah. I I just, I'd look at it, and I'd be, you can make a recipe, and it'll raise it a little bit more, but when you mm-hmm. have, like, 50,000 hit points, there's some stuff that's off-scale. It's yeah, almost like, it, it's, it, it, it. in the last three-fourths of the game, they adjusted shit. Yeah, I aware. was
1: gonna say, the, that was kind of the, the thing I was getting into when you started talking about healing items, is the game has, like, a numbers problem. Like, it loves showing you big numbers, but, right. yeah, when you get into the, like, the nook and cranny of it and you start looking at, like, healing items and meals, you start to realize, like, why would I eat this meal before a boss fight that, you know, gives me plus 20 melee attack and 500 HP when I have two freaking million health? And, ladies it, and gentlemen, exactly. that's not an exaggeration. You get no. that much health points and, you know, you'll hit for, like, 100,000 a shot and it's, like, really Satisfying because you know Dragon Ball is like I said, it's always about those big yeah. fights. So like hitting for a hundred thousand HP with one punch is like, yeah, that's awesome. But when you heal yourself, like healing for eventually ten thousand health is nothing. <laughs> and you're like, what yeah, yeah, the... yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's it, so strange.
0: It's, a, it's got a numbers issue. I also had a problem with the skills where it was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, some are arbitrarily locked off. Like the by doing the battle training thing, mm-hmm. which was fine, but. Um, I was really disappointed. I still like the game, but for the most part. I'm, I I did write it away for sale, but I think when it comes to those skills, I'm getting really tired of the plus one thing. Like, yeah, like Kamehameha, it, one, two, right. three. Right. Gotcha. And it didn't tell you what one and two. You were like, what does two mean? Yeah, Where, you just assume. You just assume. Is it like double the power, triple the power? Is it 50% of the power compared to the others? So there were... like. Yeah, dude. It feels like if we talked to the devs and somebody was open about it, three fourths of the way through, some things changed, mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't. Maybe they didn't carry on with some ideas they had. But yeah, graphically, right. you're right though. Very yeah. Great.
1: That's what I've been playing. Nothing else. So now we uh, get into the news. All right. So we're talking about what would pertain best to us, Carrick. You know We've talked on this show quite a bit about KOTOR, how excited we are about the game, how many times we replay it. Both you and I pretty much replay this game annually. So that's why we want to headline the show when we start the news with this topic. Uh, The news has popped out late last night, around I think it was 11 p.m., uh, that Star Wars Night of the Old Republic is getting a remake. This was information that came out in originally 2015, saying that the remake would be out in about 2016. Uh, Then Jason Schreier came out and said that project was uh, not yet greenlit. Uh, It had been put into stasis, which ended up being true as it's now 2020, and we have not seen it yet. The same person who reported this information also told us that the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show or movie series—I think TV show, sorry. um, Yeah, okay, thank you. Was coming. That ended up being true. So when he came out with information that a KOTOR remake was happening, people were more inclined to believe it. It gained a lot of traction in the news. I can personally say that from multiple sources, I had heard about this just before the news had broken, but like, I just was told, hey, KOTOR something exists, and that's really it. I didn't have the information he had to go off of, which he created an article stating how uh, one of his sources told them that it was a reimagining of sorts, combining elements from both KOTOR 1 and 2 to determine certain things that would enter the Star Wars canon. And now, Carrick, I made a video about this uh, when it first broke this morning, uh, when I'm, when my video went live, uh, I made a video about KOTOR coming back a couple weeks ago. I have one coming out on Monday. So I've talked a lot about KOTOR. <laughs> I kind of want to just, you know, this is you, man, you, you talk it up and I'll, I'll, of course interject cause I have to, cause that's who I am. But you know, go crazy. This is, this is all you. What do you think about this information? Are you excited? Are you concerned?
0: You know, just lay it all out there. I... Intentively, so I didn't have anybody, uh, you know, or or inform me prior. I just saw it on like CinemaScape or some weird thing. Um, but so I don't like the idea. I'm just gonna be honest, I don't like the idea of taking one and two and reimagining. I, from what it says, they're taking one and two and reimagining them so they fit within the canon. Mm-hmm. That's fine because some stuff probably is in Legends, which is the non canon stuff in Star, Star Wars, and then some of the stuff like Revan and all that is actually considered canon honestly dude do you know what i'd like them to see i i would like to see this no one else would want to see this i would love for it to like start with you around a campfire with some jedi saying you thought you knew what happened but here's a true story and then and then it like either it's three and you don't play one and two or even a reimagining or or they i honestly i just gotta say i just don't like the idea of one and two reimagining i would rather have remasters which they won't do because they're not canon supposedly so they're gonna do something like this i'm not as excited to be honest for this as i would be for a here's three even again if they just said you thought you knew what happened but but you didn't here's what really happened and now we're jumping into three i almost like retconning right off the bat you mean and I'd, i'd be okay with that because they have to and right. if you understand the Star Wars canon, you're like, this has to happen. Yeah, and dude, we've played, we've seen it in Dragon Age, where they'll be like, well, you thought this happened, but really, the, as you go forward, it's like they, they adjust stuff slightly, not as big as this, right, right, right. but they adjust stuff. Um, graphically, it depends also on the engine they use, mm-hmm. because this is EA. If this is on Frostbite, uh, I'm not 100% sure. I'm super interested. Well, Frostbite. For some games, is fine, but Andromeda was a disaster. I think that would kill my excitement, yeah. E- yeah, so it de- that'll depend on what um, what they do. Also, the idea of mixing 1 and 2, I don't know if some of those voice actors are still alive. I think some have passed. So that would be interesting to see if they do go back. Um, on the other hand, revisiting Manon would probably be... It's the only time I've ever done a video about a level. I covered Manon and the Cradle and compared and contrasted them uh, one time, which is a Thief Three level, uh, as my favorite levels of all time, Manon is just—it's my jam. I love that planet. So returning to that would be a dream come true. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if I want to get rid of the other stuff to do so. Um, I mean, I'm ex—I'm—I'm I'm excited. I just—I don't know, dude. It feels like this middle ground to where they're not like almost like they're trying to be safe we don't want to just do number three but we can't do one and two remasters so we're going to reimagine them um Hmm. and dude the story beats in one and two are good i know you like two better than one two has its issues because they were forced to finish it quick and then one uh doesn't maybe have as many choices almost like fallout 3 in new vegas uh but i loved one dude and i loved all the story beats i love the ending in one because I was oh, surprised. Gosh, yeah. I don't know how I was surprised because when you look back at it, you're all, dude, seriously? Yeah,
1: yeah it's one of those twists where you're like, it's, it's
0: so obvious. It's so obvious. And I, it was not obvious, dude. To me, mm. I was legit like, what the fuck? So <laughs> how do you hit those story beats? Um, yeah, and, right. or Or do you try, yeah. I, I'm excited. I'm really excited for it, but also it's EA, so I don't know how much these rumors are real or not either. It'll depend. We're going to need like not only verification but then a full year of development so that we know they'll continue to move forward because EA if there's anything EA does they love to cancel Star Wars games yeah i don't think people realize just how often they've canceled Star Wars games so like, uh, don't get you know <laughs> yeah well i mean 1313 i would have liked to have seen too do you yeah. think it'll be an rpg though do you think what i mean is do you think it'll be a bioware style Party-based RPG in that format, um, like Greedfall, I guess Greedfall is a current example. I was going to say we don't have as many of those.
1: I think if it's going to be like any game, the game I've always tied it to you know, since this rumor popped up was uh, Inquisition. That's kind of what I've been expecting. Yeah, Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, because they said they're reimagining combining elements of the two games. And neither of the games, it's not like, for example, Dragon Age Origins, which was uh, similar to KOTOR's combat system, and then mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Age 2, which was more action-based. It's not like that. But I imagine if they're going to reimagine things, that would be the route they take at the very minimum. Um, I think there will be party members. I, I God, man, if they just made it like you're just one guy running around, that would instantly, instantly deplete all hype because the companions in KOTOR are fantastic My, I, I've noticed when I read the comments on my video the tweets, what you have just said what I personally believe everyone's caution lies with the reimagining of the story no one wants the story to be touched people don't mind if the combats or the exploration or the levels right. get touched because those things naturally change you, you know, I, I personally, I love Manon, I'm with you one of my favorite levels of all time Uh, But if they're going to change that and and try to, you know, make it better with modern Mm -hmm. tech, I'm okay with them trying that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because they couldn't make Banan even better. And I I think that prospect's exciting um, because, you know, there are certain things that Banan couldn't do because it was held back or whatever. And so I I think that type of stuff's exciting in the terms of a reimagining. But, yeah, the general consensus has been please don't change the story too much. I imagine, you know, like you said, certain beats will change. Like, will you meet – mission and Zalbar in the underworld again or maybe you'll team up with them in the cantina instead in this remake if they change the little things like that whatever i'm not gonna lose sleep at night it'll be it'll be kind of like as a hardcore fan like fun to see those changes but if they start doing you know and we don't want to get into spoilers of course for those who haven't played it but when they, they start making drastic changes like oh the the twist doesn't happen here or at all we're telling you like off the bat
0: in the beginning of the game i'm like instantly gonna be like what are they doing you know yeah why because yeah. the question is why? Also, I don't know about you, but um there's no real way to say this without being politically incorrect. But Star Wars and when that was made weren't necessarily at a politically correct time and we are now, and I do feel that at times that's one of the reasons why, for example, Andromeda's NPCs and I, I just said this to somebody, I was like, if you can tell me the name of an Andromeda party member I'll fucking give you five hundred dollars. But I, I bet I you couldn't. you can guess. I feel like that would be the
1: five easiest five hundred dollars
0: I could win, but <laughs> Oh, you cause you can? Is that what I you're can't. saying? I can't. Oh, that's I can't what I'm either. saying. Like like when right. you said that, I'm like, oh I can wait. <laughs> and yeah. I can for one and two. And that's because I believe that they they they're, they're, they're they soften a lot of edges. They try and with Disney in charge now, what I'm worried about is that we wouldn't get the murderer kind of characters. We wouldn't get the... some of the darker stuff that maybe we got um, yeah. from the original games because the honest truth is, and everybody will tell you this, Disney has issues with very particular things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in gaming, because you're interactive, I think they get even more nervous, which is legitimate. You know, there's a difference between watching a character shoot somebody in a cutscene and you doing it, right? Like, there is... Um, I'm just a little nervous that uh, that they won't be able to flesh out party members or make them as as sharp and as like noticeable as they did because Andromeda Mm -hmm. was the same way. Andromeda's party members, I'm replaying, or sorry, Inquisition. I'm replaying Inquisition right now. And those are some of the worst party members. They're some of the most generic ass party members I've ever played in a game. And it's because there was, there was already the start of like a lot of political correctness. And I'm not talking about sexuality. If anybody thinks I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about going into some of the darker stuff. They just, they, they just don't seem to want to hit it. Andromeda was certainly like that. That would worry me. I want, yeah. dude, there's Jedi for a reason, dude, fucking God damn it. Now I'm getting mad. Anakin killed babies. And I, and the boys' TV show shows that people can still accept those darker characters. I want that. I want... I I just want that. I want it gritty. Yeah. I, just I,
1: to I that. feel like, you know, I'm going to use a specific character from KOTOR too, And for those who plan on playing it, just know I'm going to be kind of giving a brief synopsis on his backstory. It will be spoiled. But I think of like... I already know of, who you're going to talk at, about. At yeah, your, yeah. yeah That's what who I'm KOTOR talking too. about, actually. Yeah. 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 He, you know, he's this guy you you meet... In the beginning of the game, you're like, "Oh, it's just some merc, you know, whatever." He's he's who cares about him?
0: He's Karth number two, as yeah, everybody
1: thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he he's your beginning male companion, whatever. And then you find out this guy actually was like a Jedi assassin. Yep. For years, and it's haunted him. And you're just like, for me, I found that revelation insane. And then you find out you can make the Jedi assassin a fucking jedi later in the game and i'm just like you know that shit is awesome right like that's a level of control you have over your party i don't expect anyone to ever do something like that i'm sorry but that's just developers having a very special moment in a game and i kind of accept that but the 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 level of building his backstory and taking him for a dark turn i just don't see that type of stuff like you said happening under the disney umbrella you don't see Kraya keeping that gray moral middle ground. Um, you don't see well, the kind of childish banter that
0: you have with Bastila. Like, you just... I don't I don't see yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to add that Inquisition already, I felt, started this, because in Inquisition, there's a mod called, like, Harder or something. And what it does is, it actually makes it so it's easier to get negative uh, reputation from your, your party members. And the reason why is you could almost kill everybody or do whatever and no one would like leave no one would be like hey man mm-hmm. with jade empire you could have fucking like not pure anarchy but if you did bad shit people would confront you about it and it just feels like they it, it just feels like they can't handle it again this is just being negative yeah. i don't want to be negative it's just there's a how about this there's a lot riding on something that's incredibly complex, that might be the most complex reimagining there is in games right now, because yeah. they're reimagining a game based on an older canon that is now somewhat canon, but only in certain places. That's mm-hmm. a tough. So, that's so going to be. You tough. might have
1: a writer who's like, "Okay, this is what we're going to do with that," and, and it may be better than what it, original it could, Atten was. Absolutely. And then yeah. Disney will go and say, "Like, no, we're not even putting Atten." And it's like, great, I just wasted a month scripting this whole character arc only for them to trash it kind of thing. Uh, that's what we're most afraid of. I don't even think yeah. it, it boils down to, uh, you know, other things. It, it's just more so, like, how f- how far can they go, right? Because it's not always about, like, the edginess or the darkness, right? It's more so how Nuance humanized people. how, yeah, how yeah, humanized can exactly. these characters become, not just, like, you know, chest puffed out for the light side. It's like, you know, it goes beyond that. And, you know, we saw in, in Jedi Fallen Order— you could have a little bit of complexity. Um, I don't think it was like the best Star Wars story of all time. All time, I think it was you know a good return to form for Star Wars games. But um, even there, you know, one of the best we've seen in a really long while didn't have that level. And you know, of course, you know, Carrick and I—I I won't speak for you, rather—but I know I, I have a little bias because I, I love the game series. So it's going to be really hard for a game story to trump what Kotor has built. Uh, very few stories are delivered the way Kotor does it. But I just think that uh, there's no you, know, you take a chance when you do that, right? You take a chance that you don't show all your cards and have someone be invested in Atten, but instead make the player work to find out, and he very well or she may, very she very well may also miss that really cool part. And there could be someone right now who's played Kotor twice, thinks they know everything, and we just told them something they would never heard before. Because I've seen it happen in my own comments where they're like, "Wait, what? Like I didn't even know this happened in the game." And it's like, "Yeah." Um, so, I, I personally think that's more so where we're getting at. When they start to carry it a little bit further and ground these characters, because often it's about the fantasy, flippy magic of Star Wars, and it's like, that's cool. There is a part of Star Wars for that. But Kotor is great because immediately when you look at the armor, you know, it's not huge Jedi robes that are elegant, it's like tattered leather with metal plates, and people are holding vibro blades. Not everyone's got a lightsaber. Uh, People got like blaster pistols, you know, shoved in their shoe, and you're like, this is different. You immediately can tell it's much more grounded, and that leads to a grounded character approach. So I think ultimately that that's what they need to really hone in on with this game.
0: I was just going to add that uh, people didn't realize how fucking A1 steak sauce dark the Kashok and the Wookiee slavery stuff was when you could basically like tell your Wookiee companions, just do my shit. You are my slave. If you were the dark side, which I was all the time, like they, well, I did do a good side run through to see what the story was, but I was right. always as mean as possible. And because you could do that, man, dude, I just don't know. I just do because everything I did in Andromeda, they didn't have any subtlety. The subtlety, again, I know that people who play KOTOR are like, how did you miss that? But there was still subtlety there or subtlety with Anton. There was actually even some subtlety with Karth when you find out some of the stuff that happened there. Yeah, Karth Um, is
1: absolutely a great example.
0: (laughs) So you have this subtlety. I do not believe currently most game companies other than CD Projekt Red, uh, and I don't even hold them above anybody else, um, Greedfall's developer and a couple others are able, especially Greedfall because that actually had a couple surprises. Uh, I don't know if they're capable of subtlety, Kurt. dude. They have to tell you. They, I don't know if they would be able to not tell you about Anton or give you such a fucking over-the-top um, hint mm-hmm. that you wouldn't just go, well, he's obviously this. you know. Yeah, or I'm going to yeah, go look yeah, at yeah. his notepad, and it'll be like, I uh, killed yeah. assassins. Or have I you, killed Jedi. You know? Have
1: you ever thought... Pardon me. Have you ever thought that... Maybe that's a decision made because games have become such a business now and are viewed as investments that maybe they're afraid that people will miss a moment. So they don't trust the gamer to find it themselves, which I find strange nowadays, just to go off topic. I find it kind of strange because of how social media is, how YouTube is, how streaming is. It's very easy to discover a special moment because so many people are sharing their experience. But do you think that that's kind of why games have been designed that way? Now it's not up to player discovery. Sometimes the game very much like puts it on a poster and hangs it in front of you almost. Uh, cause yes,
0: but I also believe it is because they are fucking big ass cheats and they front load their games. Hmm. Right, I, dude, we know less than twenty percent of people finish their games. We absolutely know that. The, so the trophy and achievement stats. Through the trophy and achievements, and even what the companies are saying, and even people in your own Discord, other, you know, we we have a gamer-centric Discord, so maybe people play a malo- little, but even in mine, people will be like, dude, I haven't beat Witcher 3 and Assassin's Creed and blah, blah, blah. So they need to front-load that shit so that they keep, they sort of latch on and get the gamer to play longer, and there's nothing at the end. And this has happened so many times that the only thing at the end isn't story. It's not some revelation. It's a new fucking plus one skill. And I get that. But at the same time, story revelations, for example, Greedfall. Um, I'm having a hard time even thinking, well, the There's remake games of Baldur's it, Gate, so. <laughs> Pillars of Eternity. Oh, Tyranny. Tyranny, okay. Pillar- Pillars of Eternity. But that's, again, the, two of those or one of those is fucking a remake. Of the original, or not a remake, but is harkening back to that particular gameplay style. Right. I just, it yes, for sure. I, I think yours is even more than mine as an example. But I do, I lately, Kakarot being one of them, but some other games I've played, they're front loaded as fuck, and they are because they know people. That's what captures the sale. For example, and you had to have had this, Maddie. I will go into a forum. And all have played, this happened with Kakarot, I played all of Kakarot, and I talked to people who did not and still reviewed it, which is fine, let them do what they want, but they were much higher on Kakarot than I was. And one of the reasons why is because they had played far less, and it was front-loaded for the combat system, let's say. So it's easy mm-hmm. and you feel powerful, right? But if you continue playing, you look at the numbers and you're like, this shit's starting to not make sense. But a lot of people wouldn't pick up on that, because, and that's the way gamers are right now. They're buying a lot of games, but they're not finishing a lot of games. And so your issue, for sure, but I think a smaller amount of it out there, is that we're getting this front-loading that is it's making me furious, because I don't believe gameplay systems are the only way to keep people engaged. A story like KOTOR, dude, Manan, allowed you to go to any planet at any speed, and they all had some big twist. Remember the fucking being a, a, a court uh, judge or being a lawyer on Manan? Oh, God, yeah. Dude, it was crazy. And and then going under Manan and going into the under... And you were just like, whoa, there's an under like water place in this? And then you go to Kashok, completely different stuff goes on there. Each place has its it, own, like...
1: It, it's the story... Here's the thing is I think yeah. what we like about it so much is the storytelling is... A centralized plot per location, like Manon's got its own problem, Kashik has its own problem, uh, Dantooine has its own problem, yeah, Tatooine. Tatooine. You know, they all have their own individual problems, which make them feel separate as you go planet to planet. And then there's this overarching narrative that carries the the story for you the star maps, what's your secret, what's your history, learning more about your companions. Um, you know, because the way I look at it is like. Let's actually, here's a perfect example, right? Let's take HK47, who is on Dantooine. No, Tatooine, sorry. He's on Tatooine. He's stored in a shop. He's available for sale. And unless you're paying close attention to the, you're, you've never played, by the way. And you just unless you're paying close attention to the character portrait in the party selection menu, and you realize, I got one person missing, you don't know that you can just buy him, and he's right. like one of the best best companions in the game right you don't know that and then you look at the outer worlds game that i i praise very highly i think it's great still i've played it twice i still really like it Uh, i understand some of its criticisms but you look at that in sam right you get this cleaning robot who's this companion who's kind of sitting on board on your ship similar to how hk was in kotor 2 you know you had to find all the parts to repair him in the outer worlds You can repair him. And it's cool that he's there. It's very reminiscent of those times. But they didn't build him out at all. And as I think about it more as we talk, I'm just like, did they not build him out as an interesting character with funny lines and bits of dialogue because he's missable? Is it because it's a double-A game? You know, there's a lot of other reasons it could be. But I look at that and go, based off our conversation, you know, are they just afraid we're just going to miss content? And that's why, like you said, they front-loaded. They put the – you know – as far as i'm concerned i love the entirety of the outer worlds but edgewater is probably the most outside of um I can't start with that monarch uh, outside of monarch edgewater is probably the most complex loaded area full of choices and yeah. diverging paths exactly. and, and it's exactly. like
0: because that's the first like five ten hours of the game yep it's fr- it's front loaded as fuck and you know, you see it with MMOs where they'll release an expansion because maybe the end game is a little grindy and they don't, there's not as much stuff. You notice the missions start getting cut down. The first mm-hmm. spot has forty missions, second spot has ten, and you're like, right. "Uh oh!" You go, for example, what's the industrial place in Outer Worlds? What the fuck is Byzantine or not? That. Uh, uh,
1: there's Byzantine. There's Groundbreaker. It, 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 the, by- Byzantine, the the city.
0: Yes, Byzantine. The city is stunningly low. Or Byzantine byzantium Byzantium, thank you it's stunningly low in content when you really look at what's going on i was i liked it but i was looking at it going like man it Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't feel as like you said is fleshed out and i do believe that yeah both of those things are occurring one they are worried people will miss it and and they but dude they don't flesh out for example the cleaning robot you fucking get him and that's the goal With HK-47, getting him is the start. That guy has 7,000 voice lines. He's usable inside the Sandperson place to translate if you want. He has all this character data for you, as Mm -hmm. in who you are
1: it changes I, how you approach the game too because changed, you might you yeah. might get them on the last planet and be yeah. like
0: or you might get them on the first one yeah exactly yep. and
1: you're like now i can get them on planet one and and that's what i started to do i get them on
0: planet it's one so i can done. hear everything he has to say exactly it, yeah it's just not done and agreed fall admittedly fell somewhat into the same where the co the companions were given out at a speed that was blinding um yeah. which i don't think allows them to mature either you know what I mean? Like, sometimes mm. you take a bite of steak and you hang out for a second. You don't mm. just fucking grab... Well, I do. But you don't just grab the <laughs> thing and shove it down. Right, because there's a, there's a period of time for that enjoyment. In these mm. later games, I think Final... I know you weren't as huge of a fan of Final Fantasy. Um, is it 14 or 15? What's the, the main one? The main newest one? 15. The one that came I, out I liked two years fi- ago. I li-
1: uh, yeah, I liked 15. 15 it was just, a story like, you weren't... I, thought I here's the years. thing. I re- no, no. You're right. You're right. I'm just so I clarify where I stand, so you can elaborate on your point more. I like 15, but it has aged horribly already. Like one of the <laughs> qu- one of the quick the quickest <laughs> poor, poorly aged games of all time.
0: Uh, graphically or gameplay wise? Gameplay, story. Play,
1: wise. story Game, well, story just, should be better now because of the patches, the expansions. Mm-hmm. It should be better now, but gameplay wise, good grief! Oh my gosh! Oh, man. Okay. It's because it's just um, holding circle. And then it tells you in the middle of the screen, put, press square to parry. It's just, it's boring. I don't
0: know. Oh, I forgot. That's the game with the, it's yeah. uh, it's like Sekiro where you can't turn off the motherfucking yeah, icon. Yeah, but Sekiro's even
1: a little more delicate about it, I feel like. Oh. It, but it, like it's Final Fantasy 15 literally puts like the square button smack in the middle of the screen and it slows the game down and goes square to parry. And I'm like, that's not fun at all. Right. It's, it's well, it's a QTE, completely...
0: hidden. It's not yeah. hidden, but what I mean is they pretend it's not a QTE, but it is. It's there. But though. what I was getting to is you've got that one and how it doles out characters. All these games mm-hmm. dole out characters, and I feel, for the most part, what we've seen in the last decade is them doling them, doling that stuff out too quickly, as you said, because they're missing. Uh, people are missing them, and then also I truly, firmly believe the, um, that... The way the games are set up, they're front-loading them. They're also, I remember in Outer Wilds, you you go planet to planet. Well, you unlock, you can unlock one or two planets at the same time, but you still do sort of go in a weird, we all, I would say, have a close progression in how we unlock the places you can go. What I didn't Are you think talking about, about worlds bit, or wilds? World, uh, you Outer Wilds.
1: Worlds, I apologize. Okay, yeah, or I was just making it. sure, because I, I know they both involve planet they planet travel.
0: <laughs> so Outer Worlds, um, yes, Outer Worlds, sorry. Now you got me. Uh, it, I would say most of us unlock the planets in generally the same, like, steps. And in KOTOR, it's pretty much very close to, boom, you can go to these places. And I think what happens with devs, too, is maybe they're developing those planets at that speed. And by the time they get to the end planet, maybe they're close to the end of their money and their resources and their time and their -hmm. their QA. And and so we don't get as much. Um, We just didn't get that with old Bioware games. Even Jade Empire didn't do that, which is crazy because Jade Empire had such a weird world. You didn't go to other planets. You went to other lands. Um, But you go to the end lands, and there was still a bunch of shit to do. In fact, there was almost two endings in Jade Empire if you really... It, 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 c- compared to who you fight, what you find out about the main bad guy, and then the main, main bad guy. I don't know, dude. I don't think they're done much. I, I don't... Uh, other than, like I said, the B and maybe Witcher, but the, the B creators and the A creators do it. But I don't see EA doing that. Yeah. And that's what I'm worried about. Jesus yeah. We went in a long spiel. But that's yeah, that's what I mean, I'm hey, about.
1: you know, for, for one of our more longer spiels we, we definitely stay on topic and I think properly elaborated where we stand on on the potential remake here and what that, do you want to you know, see? Sorry like for, for, no no I was just
0: I was actually MP, done. Uh, player wise, what do you want to see? Uh, sorry, character wise, what would you let's say you chose five or four MP uh player uh player group members. Is there any races, classes? I would like to see them go out of their way to not do the same uh, who are the blue tentacled dudes? Uh, they have the Twilix. Yeah. I would love to I've, see I've them. Been corrected on that a million times. <laughs> Salacious Crumbs character. I can't remember the little the little fucking goblin looking dude. Um, what would you like to see as a party member? Um. Obviously, Bastila.
1: I think she is a good representation that a Jedi can kind of be like very immature and grow. Uh, she's, cause she's very like young and cocky and she kind of goes beyond that eventually. I really appreciate that about her as a character. Um, I, I like, I like the idea of Juhani, but I think I could live without her. You know, I think she's great because she's this fallen Jedi at the Grove. She's almost like a myth on Dantooine, but you can convert her and then make, or, or like keep her awful and, and have her join your team. Um, so I, I like that approach there with her. But I think I could live without her. Um, HK has to come aboard. We're just talking KOTOR 1, right? Here's the here's the thing. Ignore all
0: that. Let's okay, say just, it's new characters. Oh, new characters. Like, who do I just want to see in general? Races, anything. Oh. Classes, what would you like to see? Hmm. Like, that's to, that just... And you can think inside the box, but I'm just would, saying, is there any I would like, like to see like a Transdotion,
1: that? if that's possible. Yeah, me too. I, I, yep. would, I would really like that, just because I think Number of Republic Commando and that mission where you're on the, the the abandoned Republic ship and just, like, everyone's dead and the transdotions are these just vicious warriors and, like, imagine just getting, like, a melee-based Transdotian warrior... A tank. ...who's in your party. Yeah, that would be... Because, yeah. you know, it's always the Wookiee, right? Like, Zalbar right. was the big one. the I forgot his name in KOTOR 2. He was the other uh, big Wookiee tank character who does a ton of damage. He can use, like, the Frenzy ability and just eviscerate people... Uh, I would love to see, like, a Transdotion take place of that. I think, if possible, that would be really neat. Or, or kind of make them like a Krogan. Like, give them a shotgun and just kind of call it a day. That would be really neat. Uh, I'm not, like, an expert on on Star Wars races.
0: Um, I know. I Was well, know... there any from the the prequels, any races uh, Any or droid types? Because you... I've always liked the assassin droid. In the original yeah, movies with the can head, yeah, um, that would be interesting if they like restructured HK and like I, I
1: see. I just feel like if you abandon HK, that'd be almost foolish. I feel like if you're gonna put droids in the game, you have to keep T three. You know the little the little R two D because he reminds you of R two D two, but he's his own thing. Somehow they managed to do that, and then HK like like I just mentioned with Sam from the Outer Worlds, it's very much a I can see what you're trying to replicate, clear as day here and even in my review i was like there are some characters in the outer worlds that aren't very good that was one of them um because it was a clear mimic and they didn't expand on it at all i feel anything not hk would just be called a copycat and i i believe rightfully so cuz you know he's just got a charm that adds to the game just having like a goofy assassin all the time is is great um i would like to i would like to see jolie again a character like jolie just a neutral mentor bothered old man (laughs) i just think that kind of character is great um i've never really see it's an interesting question you've asked because anytime i thought about it i just always thought they'd bring back the same crew but i've never thought
0: what they could change and what new like people they could bring into the story i would like a geonosian um the tall blue guys who are a tech scientist character would be awesome like, he's the oh, one in ooh, charge. Oh, I got one. I got oh, one. Oh, go ahead. Um,
1: you know how on the cover... This, this was supposed to be the case. You know how on the cover of Night's of the Old Republic, they have a cell cath. Mm-hmm. Have one of those You'd be a companion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have one of the guys from Manon be,
0: a, be an actual companion. That'd yeah, be those, awesome would, if they just they, added oh, him in. Dude, and their voice actors. I, I don't know why, but Manon, it's just always going to be... But they're, Yeah. And their wet so look. Weird. Oh, yeah. so fucking cool. I would also like It Would Be Impossible unless they change i don't know how this would be i would like to see a desert um person uh i don't know how their mythology would work and if you would ever be able to sell that um Mm -hmm. whether maybe you save them and he's the only one left and now you're a part of his tribe uh but him going and being an alien out of sorts kind of thing because they don't travel off a tatooine i think i I could be wrong but the Mm -hmm. idea of one of them in your starship and his reactions to seeing right. trees, like that kind of shit, uh, would excite me. Um, and I'm thinking, for some reason, I keep thinking prequel movies for all mine. But yeah, I would like to see two <laughs> different ones. That? Like you said, Manan, what are they called on Manan? Uh, Selkath Yeah,
1: those guys are. That, a- yeah, one. Tuscan Raider is a good idea for sure. So, yeah, there's well,
0: there's we'll a lot see, man. It's a reimagining, so hopefully, we get if they're gonna yeah. do it. Like you said, maybe add in the more popular ones, and then maybe add one or two, you know,
1: separate New ones. ones. Yeah, I'd be open to that. If they do light touch ups like that and keep similar beats, I, I think we'll be in good shape. But did you have a... Force Lightning in Kotor? Of course, yeah. Well, you got. So... think do you have to be? I think you have to be on the dark side for that. That was the other yeah. thing, man. Is like I was just playing Kotor 2 for a video, and I made a couple dark side choices while we'll saying I continued on said path, pretty pretty dedicated dark side stuff. And um, a substantial story moment happened when my character woke up. I had a new ability called Force Crush. And I was just like, I'm just like, man, like, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I love that. uh, I was wondering for so long, too. See, that's what's great about these games. I remember in the KOTOR 2 commercials, you know, you see at the end of a trailer, your character lift them up and then do the Mm -hmm. Force Crush. And I'm like... Man, they never put that in the full friggin' game. Oh, right. But and, yeah, uh, it was a dark side power. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, they locked it. to Like, how old is this game? And I'm just finding that out.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, Also, ridiculous. I I love the D&D style because that was based back in the day mm-hmm. on D20. I If they are going to do that, um, I personally found that every single time I played that game, I ended up hinging on the double weapon um. And yeah, I would like to see them balance that because I, I, pr- I firmly believe that was overpowered. Once you got two weapons, it really didn't matter if they were... Do- I never died. Like, it didn't really matter because you would just... If you had another tank with you, you guys would cleave through guys mm-hmm. uh, in such a stunningly uh, fast fashion. So uh, what, the reason why I was asking about Force Lightning is because I don't know what rules have changed now for what Jedi for uh, Jedi powers. For example, Samuel L. Jackson got a purple lightsaber. They added that to canon. Can you get a purple lightsaber now in the new KOTOR? Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So there are some things I would like them to, if they're going to reimagine it, go full force and you know get some of that shit in there gotcha. so that it sort of solidifies it.
1: Well, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, we don't have to wait too long. Yeah. <laughs> now we uh, move on to our second bit of news, we're talking about Dying Light 2. It's another delay, Carrick. Obviously, this this new section won't be as long. Uh, th- what's interesting about the Dying Light 2 delay is that unlike a lot of the other delays that we talked about last week being Final Fantasy VII Remake, Avengers, uh, Cyberpunk, they all received dates after their delay. Meanwhile, Dying Light 2 was apparently supposed to launch in spring. I wasn't aware of this. And now it's been pushed back to just whenever. They haven't even given it a date. They just said we're delaying it. In, I don't think they said indefinitely, but they just said we're delaying it with no date in sight. And does that concern you, uh, for lack of better
0: words? I have had two people. I'm not saying this is true, mm-hmm. but I saw it somewhere else, and I did have two people contact me to tell me that MS did purchase, Dine, or did purchase Techland. Hmm. Grimblade brought it up, and I was like, I haven't heard that. And then I asked a couple people, and they're like, that is a rumor. They also just yesterday opened their new office. They switched everybody and moved them. Mm -hmm. Indefinite is really interesting. There's no date, like you said. However, that is not as uh, unique of a situation if Microsoft did purchase them. Especially if Microsoft is like, you guys can now use as much time as you want. Techland also removed their publishing part so that means they aren't it does indicate that somebody else is going to be doing this which does sort of hinge towards could it be another company um ignoring that rumor because we don't know if that's true it could just be bullshit indefinite's weird normally you get a date uh, uh, on the other hand it's cool right i think it's if they div- if they're like well you talked about it with doom Doom, which we're going to talk about, now, so I won't mention it, but Doom Eternal is looking pretty good. That's my personal opinion. Um, delaying it is a, is good if they need it, and, and if Techland isn't giving an exact date, I'm actually pretty okay with that. It doesn't put anything on their plate as hitting a certain date. They're just like, we're doing it at some point, um, and we're still working on it, because I haven't heard anything about it being canceled. Mm. So I'm pretty happy um, either way it goes. It, it sounds like, let them dude it looks awesome the store, the idea of the world's changing let them do what they need to do that's just my personal opinion
1: yeah i i can't say i'm surprised but in a good way because i remember watching the 20 plus minute of gameplay that they dropped
0: of dying light 2
1: yeah and i remember watching that and going like man you know you make some pretty big changes to the world when you make a choice like they've shown right. two now and they've been like substantial and yeah. so I look at that like one of them drains a part of the world to make it mm-hmm. explorable. And I'm like, that's that's big, ladies and gentlemen, because much like what Carrick and I were talking about with KOTOR, we were like, you know, that's something you can miss. You make a choice, you can't explore that part of the world. Like someone very well may have built a part of the game that ten percent of players will see well, in its yeah, lifetime. Right. And and that you know, it takes a lot for a company to say, Yeah, we're gonna do that. We're gonna make something that ten percent of players will see. You know, provided that that's, that stat is accurate. Um, And I think that's admirable. And so I think that when you look at what they've shown in their product, it makes sense why they're going to delay it. (laughs) You know, if they're going to do something like that, obviously they've shown off two, but I think there are going to be more choices like that. And I'd like to see that personally as someone who values that in a game. So uh, they can take their time. Dying Light 2 is definitely one of the more curious games we're getting uh, because I think despite, despite how well received it is and how many people love it, I still think it's a situation where no one's, from what I've seen, no one, no one's like fully bought in in the sense of like, this is going to be a great role-playing game. Because when you think Dying Light, you think parkour zombie killing and customization, at least, you know, just based off the identity of Dead Island and Dying Light 1, that's what it is. And to suddenly have it be a very story-focused game written by like Chris Avalon and company and having it have significant choices, like that's that's oddly different and so i feel like that's why you saw so much noise for cyberpunk and final fantasy and a little for avengers but i feel like things on the delay front for dying light was more like eh, all right we'll wait and i found that surprising because it looks just as promising as something like cyberpunk and i know that may be crazy to say in a world where <laughs> cd project red is the you know the, the bee's knees but i really think what what techlands building looks super impressive and we already know they can deliver on the gameplay with dying light like that's that shit's fun so if they can just make these choices count as much as they've seen uh the delay doesn't surprise me whatsoever
0: yeah and the opposite of what you said is also true so if 10 percent of people see the underwater section that means 90 percent won't which means the story writers have to make sure all the narrative makes sense for shit that's not said and if you're let's say they showed you one. I didn't see that, by the way. I didn't see the underwater thing. It's like so, at the tail end. They like pull a okay. switch and it drains the water. So let's say that's one and they probably wouldn't show you the only one. So let's say there's like six. Even six. Well no, let's say there's three. Even three would be massive, both showing people new stuff, but also making sure you're in line with people not unlocking or making those changes that's massive there's so much writing so many storyboards that people would have to make sure all make sense so you don't have somebody saying yeah go ask Bob and you're like Bob and they're all oh shit Bob's underwater because we didn't drain it and move him into that spot with our NPC creator all that kind of stuff uh yeah there's nothing wrong with delaying it I also agree Dying Light 2 maybe doesn't have the positivity of cyberpunk but there's a lot of interest not positive, like, this is going to be the greatest, but a shit ton of just sheer eyes on it Mm -hmm. versus eyes on it and automatically being positive. I think they're in a good spot, too, because if it's eyes on it and it's positive, that leads you to all kinds of problems. I would rather have people just be interested than interested and hyped, because man, not hitting that hype is pretty easy. And Chris, I'm sure, probably... I don't know him, you know him more than me, but I'm sure he's one of those guys that's like wants to nail it. Um, mm. So I'm sure for him, more time is better. And I'm sure for them it is as well. Um, it, it feels like something different than Dying Light, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. what I mean is, I what we're going to get feels different than Dying Light. I
1: think Light. Dying Light 2 kind of tailors to the strengths of Chris Moore. Not that Jedi Fallen Order story Chris was Moore? bad, but... Chris Avalon. Yeah. Chris Avalon, sorry. Okay, no, that's all uh, right. I was just making um, I, 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 not that Jedi Fallen Order story was bad. It just felt like it had. I think Chris plays better with agency than other writers. Yeah, so that was I, just one, two, three, really. Yeah, I was going to say. I feel like Fallen Order had a little less. And this is once again not saying it's bad. It just had less punch to it. Felt more yeah. like you know a Jedi story, and there were very interesting moments. So don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like that was a game that when I played it wasn't like the writing really is significantly standing out to me. Um, right. and, 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 you know, that's one of the first times that's happened when he's been on the team and I'm not one of those people who make Chris into a God. And, uh, by the way, I apologize. I've hit my, my keyboard tray like four times in the last like <laughs> minutes. So if you hear any banging, it is me anyway. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 that's like one of the first times it's happened. Not that he's like an end all be all and like, he can't just have like a, a solid writing job, but you know, I think he plays best in that area with choice, which is why I think, uh, you're seeing a little bit of an impact there with Dying Light and why it probably will take more time to do what they seem to want to do with that team.
0: Is he a mercenary on that? As in, is he doing... Oh, like uh, freelance? Freelance? Yeah, is he doing the cleanup? Uh, is he doing all of it? Is he do? Is he leading? I want to say
1: he's got to have a big part in it. I'm pretty sure he's up there because man, he he he's the one who presented the game at Xbox's conference.
0: Oh right, he did. Yeah, he did. Okay, because I, okay, I think he okay. might be
1: above writer. I, I thought he it's like creative director or something like that. Like I'll have to double check. But okay. you know, he he. I don't think he's just a writer for that game. I think that I also think he's on one more. of the.
0: One of the few, Maddie, that could probably do zombies a uh, service. As in... In Which we um, need. He's older, so he remembers the old zombie movies, which Mm -hmm. were actually fights against, like, industry. You know, that's why the original Walking... Or uh, Dead... uh, Day of the Dead was based in a mall, because they were teasing, like, kids going to the mall and buying... uh, That was the entire thing, was it was a play on the current civilization. I think Chris is one of those guys that would be able to do a bunch of that shit. Like, Mm -hmm. he's older... But he also writes very well. He's pretty age agnostic. Like, I haven't noticed where it's like, oh, he's, I'm not going to, I don't want to use the meme boomer. But what I mean is he can write a character of any age and seem it It's well played. It feels like there could be a lot going on um, mm-hmm. behind the scenes with him really getting some time. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm excited for it or interested very highly in it.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. Hopefully we get a release date sometime this year, which is something I didn't expect to say, but anyway, let's talk about Doom Eternal. So we had uh, a lot of impressions pop out over the last couple of days of people who got three hours of hands-on time with Doom Eternal. Um, we were not included in that, which is totally fine. So I just want to make sure that's out there right away. Uh, but we did take our time to watch a lot of previews. I watched four, um, because for me, I had explained it. I won't, start off but I'm saying I've just explained how I've been a little eh with Doom uh, less so than more or less so than many who seem to love Doom like I still like it but not nearly as much as others so I wanted to make sure I investigated properly what's your uh, opinion on Doom 2016 and and how
0: you now feel about Eternal I mean all the well first of all it looked way farther along than the delay would indicate which Mm -hmm. I was really happy about Um, graphically I mean Slickness. There was no FPS issues I could see and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know how a story is going to play out. Like, I want to very of, story heavy. Right, and I want to sort of... I, I, I can't remember, I had a term for it in my review for the original, but it's like death parkour. You know, it's like you're jumping off things, you're shooting shit, and it occasionally stops you. I do worry that it'll be like if you're not finishing somebody which i'm not a big fan of finishing everybody a special move i actually sort of i liked those but i i do not want to hinge on those yeah you get um dude you do uh so i guess i'm just worried how it'll come together but what i saw footage wise graphically and the enemies that all looks really cool um looks fun overall i don't I don't think we saw anything that was super shocking. I would just say it was running really well. So the delay, if not pure optimization, I would assume is about balance and pacing. That's my assumption, that their delay Mm -hmm. was like, we need to make sure you don't get too numb, but you also don't get stopped every four seconds by a cutscene. So that'll be the interesting part, is to see how it all comes together. But what I saw looked really good.
1: Yeah, I as someone who because you, you, you mentioned pacing, as someone who I thought the the main gripe of mine with Doom not Doom Eternal, sorry, Doom 2016 was that I didn't think the pacing was really that great. It didn't vibe with me all that well. And so I was uh pretty happy actually to see more cutscenes to sort of break up the flow. Uh, it seemed a lot more story driven. It's apparently about like heaven and hell now and you're going down to earth because the demons have made their way to earth. Uh, and I just, I really like that premise alone. You know, it reminds me of, of all games, well, I shouldn't say of all games, like it's surprising, but Diablo 3, um, I remember, you know, cause I'm not like a huge diehard Diablo fan. I remember just playing it with my friends and, uh, you, you start to get to the later chapters of the game and I'm like, man, like, you know, we're fighting all these like undeads and demons. And I'm like, I want to fight like angels too. And, you know, see like golden pathways with like, Blue holograms, like that's—it's exactly what I envisioned when you get to that point in Diablo Three, and I just thought that was alone really cool because it just showed like both sides were kind of corrupt, and I sort of expect Doom Eternal to lean into that, which I think is more interesting than uh, anything I can remember from the first Doom 2016, first Doom 2016, the first Doom that came out in 2016. I know the Codex was pretty beefy, maybe that offers more than what I know of, but I'm happy to see more cutscenes Uh, because I think it breaks up the flow. I'm happy to see more parkour segments, uh, more, more, like, platforming. Once again, I think just shoot, shoot, shoot. Even the developers had said that it felt like their game in the last act was, you know, arena, hallway, arena, hallway. And I believe, truly, when the developers start to notice that, um... Then that means that there is an issue at hand, and if they can talk transparently about it, I think that means they're actively addressing it, or they believe they are trying to. Because you're not going to put a, uh, you know, a spotlight on a problem in your upcoming game, or at least if you're, you know, smartly you wouldn't. So what I saw made me really happy. I was really excited about it. Um, I was just uh, overall a little worried, just because I. I like Doom a lot gameplay wise. I just don't want it to become exactly what you said about the the punchy glory kills, losing any type of sizzle, and it's just being that carrying the game the whole time. Uh, I, I'm I'm happy to see so many mother so many more elements uh, tied to it, but yeah, like I said, I worried and excited. Right? Like I, I it looks great. Like I know it's gonna be fun. It's just about. That snapshot of fun makes sense. Does a, as they said, 20-plus-hour adventure. They said, like, well over 22 hours. Will it be fun that deep? That's my main question. What do you think about that? Do you think 22 hours for this game? Sorry, 22-plus, because that's what their exact verdict was. Does that sound too long to you? Obviously, we can't say without the full game in hand. But does that sound like, on
0: paper, it would be a lot? I just don't always believe the numbers. Because, you know, we've talked about this. 40 hours, it turns out to be fucking 20 or 12. Um, But sometimes
1: it's like Greedfall 45, and it took me like, or I'm sorry, 30, and it took me 45.
0: Um, But on the other hand, was that, not to argue that point, but was that also because you liked Greedfall and sat in there because you were enjoying picking apart pieces that maybe other people didn't? Yeah, that's definitely a good Um, point. Yeah, you're not picking apart my argument. You make a good point. (laughs) That's also why the devs may have said 22 or whatever yeah double so yeah 20 let's just say 20 plus, mm-hmm. 20 plus yeah. um i i would agree that it could be long but also and so it could i just don't know what they mean by that because if it's 20 hours of running and gunning the best running and gunning ever i personally would probably become numb even if it was the most amazing shooting ever i but i would never hold that against them because i'd be like well dude it's just never stopped being amazing it's just that my i became numb Uh, but i don't think that's what i think they're adding the cutscenes and all that i personally believe if it's about heaven and hell most likely you might get that thing where it's like 12 hours is in heaven 12 hours is in hell you know that Mm -hmm. kind of maybe we get something like that um what really makes me wonder though is upgrades strangely enough whenever anybody talks about length in a shooter and we know they already had upgrades in the original are you going to consistently be in uh, be offering the gamer like an organic reason to use all the weapons that you've got um and and will you consistently be unlocking new stuff and i don't mean consistent every three minutes i just mean like A lot of people in the
1: previews were saying you get, sorry to interrupt you, but just so you know, like a lot of people in the previews were saying, like, you get a shit ton of upgrades in the beginning. Like the first three hours, people, like, a consistent quote I saw was, in the first three hours, I unlocked more than I did
0: two thirds of the way through Doom. So take with that what you will as you go on. If it wasn't accelerated, as we've seen sometimes where they'll accelerate it when they want to show people what the game can do. Mm-hmm. And so they'll, they'll do those unlocks quicker. If not, I hope they continue all the way through and I hope they're tangible. Mm-hmm. That's all that matters. I also I don't know if Doom works well if you have more than your 1 through 9 on a keyboard for weapons. So I think the big issue becomes what does 1 through 9 represent when you start the game and what does 1 through 9 represent 20 hours into the game? um when it comes to weapons and items so yeah i don't know the the platforming and stuff like that's also probably secrets they're adding like you know do you know how do you get to this secret fucking skull that'll you mm-hmm. know give you an achievement it could, it's a long time i mean i can't think of another shooter straight shooter that's that's ever been that long straight shooter so, uh serious sam which i adore uh, those are not that long. You could say open world RPG like a fallout game maybe, but like that
1: just isn't in the same ballpark. Like straight it's not, shooter. Yeah. yeah, I just
0: Borderlands? Borderlands, yeah. Is Borderlands Border... twenty plus hours? Borderlands is longer than that for sure. Yeah, but Borderlands is also collecting and up.
1: Like RPG like Yeah, I don't know. You're just talking like Call of Duty almost, like FPS. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean? Because
0: I think if they try to go too far out, people will be like, what the fuck? It'll be a little like Rage 2. Admittedly, I liked Rage 2 more than some, and you liked it more than even I, but they tried to bite off some stuff that didn't necessarily work as well as the main, I think the main shooting in that game is great in Rage 2. It's fucking, it's so fun. Feels great, man. They got a good system. So let's say you've got so fun, Rage 2, let's say you ignore the driving, would I consider that amazing shooting fun if there was nothing else and it was 20 hours of just that? I don't think I would consider it bad, but I do worry about numb, just mm-hmm. just generally numb. We haven't had that before. They could also be the first one. Also, I shouldn't ignore the fact that people have replayed Doom 2016 like 10 times. Yeah. That's the same shit. I've seen that a lot. So, you know what I mean? So, they might be aiming at the fans who have no issue going over redone content, let alone brand new content all the time. Um, you you got to get new locations in, new weapons, new upgrades. If they do it, it'll be that'll be redefining shooters i think if they mm-hmm. were a let's say they hit 20 hours of just balls to the wall amazing shooting from one to 20 hours we will be talking about that game for a decade yeah that's what's exciting that's Legit- what's Legit- truly yeah that's exciting, exciting. like yeah. that's it's legitimately scary but also that would be fucking amazing if you and i at the end of the year were saying that game is on game of the list for just this year but also like in a decade we may still be talking Somebody else I saw else one, is I saw think one about... preview saying, like, okay. if it
1: accomplishes what it looks to set out to do, it's it's exactly what you said. Like, we're going to about one. It for a while. It's like G-Man? Yeah. G-Man Lives or something like that? Yeah, G-Man Lives, I think. Yeah, because I mean. Camelworks had sent him to me. He was just like, check out his preview. You know, it's it's a really good one. And I watched it. I was like, I can see where he's coming from. If the progression holds up, the storytelling is, is I guess, there and interesting. Mm-hmm. The Codex in, in Doom was actually pretty impressive for the type of game it was. You can see they cared about their universe. So, if, I mean, if they just keep building with that, man, I mean, my goodness, they really could have something special there. I just hope, you know, I, I am a bit—not everyone is, but I like having, like, progression, unlocks, knowing something's there. And then there's this—it's it, all about pacing, because then there is that point I do want to be let off the leash and play with my toys, essentially, for, like, a good couple hours. But the thing with Doom 2016 for me was— I was let off the leash like six hours in advance. So like it got to a point where, as the developer said, like arena, hallway, arena, hallway, and I was like, all right, I'm I'm kinda ready for this to be done after right. a couple hours. So as long and they could just honestly, they could go on for like eight hours. If they make the arenas interesting and there's thought provoking bosses and different ways to traverse, then I have no problem just playing fun games, you know. That was one thing that I really uh started to touch back on in, in the last year is you know just fun games like if you Mm, look at my game of the year list i I fucking put dragon quest builders in there because it was just fun as shit to play and it's still fun as shit to play so you know stuff worth keeping in mind all right we do have one more piece of news before we get into patron questions i was just gonna say real sorry
0: sorry sorry i I should have sorry my usual thing and ask you (laughs) i I was at g-man uh lives 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 Maybe he's lost. Um Dude, they got to have different PR people than us. That's all I was going to say. He's very he's... small and, and went mm. to the preview. I've always been... He gets um, good views, I think I saw. He, he does, but I've always been really surprised at like who, uh, what PR companies pick who to do what. And mm. whenever I ask, I've asked a couple people outside of PR who've left PR um, mm. for games, and been like, how the fuck did you decide this? Like, not even in a negative way, but like can i work towards getting on this list or this list it's always interesting to me you'll see like especially australian by the way you'll see that a yeah, lot he's I, aussie uh, yeah. a lot of australians get chosen for that kind of stuff i was going to say uh
1: well i can kind of explain that cuz i was talking to camel and he was like did you like decline an invite to the event or something i was like no I, that's like i didn't get invited at all you know and and i'm not surprised Uh, I think I'm very fair with Bethesda, and I'm not afraid to praise them like I think a lot of people are when they, I think they do something right, but I'm also very critical of them openly, and I'm sure Bethesda probably doesn't want to invite me in, because despite how great Doom looks, I think it would be smart to invite someone like me who's like, oh, wow, even like Maddie likes that game, but still, right. for them, they probably viewed it as, why would we invite him, which I get, I understand, um, but I was talking to Camel, and w- As I talk to a lot of YouTubers who I'm friends with, who are in the Bethesda community, like Juicehead and and so on, uh, we've kind of realized like the it's think of like PlayStation in the US versus PlayStation in Japan. Like things are just ran totally different, or or more more uh, knowingly would be probably Nintendo America versus Nintendo Japan. Like just remember, there was that whole issue with like copyright strikes, uploading gameplay footage, all that stuff online. That was a big problem for Nintendo and like the American side was like fighting to be like just let them do it and like Japan was kind of locking it down. From what I've sort of gathered, and this isn't like a slam by any stretch because I love the American people who I've worked with and I've met the Australian people and they're they're cool as hell too. Um I just think there's a lot of there's a lot less Australian-based creators in the first place, and and a Correct. lot of them happen that to be big. Sure. So CamelWorks yeah. is big, G-Man is pretty big despite, you know, maybe not like, maybe I may have more subs than him. He does get great views, but I may have more subs than him, but he has a lot for an Australian creator skill up. Um, you know, that's another one, but I think he's been more openly critical of Bethesda. So I don't think he was invited to to play doom eternal or maybe he declined it. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to speak for him, but I I think there's a difference in how PR has ran for uh, you know, like the Europe and Australia yeah, versus that is here in the U sure.
0: S yeah, that is, I didn't know that they were all Australian, but not all mm-hmm. of them, but you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. That's not even yeah. a ding on them. It is for sure. Um, location based, you, you know, as well. Yeah. yeah I, just interesting. I, uh, ever since 76,
1: I haven't gotten an invite once again, I'm not entitled to it, but like rage Two, I know for a fact, I was like one of the biggest people covering that game. Like I made trailer analysis, news discussions, you know, previews, everything. I cover that game from top to bottom and they had a preview event for it. And I, you know, once again, not entitled, but I didn't get an invite. And I was just like, that's kind of strange when, you know, I definitely was like, you, you type it in before launch on the search bar and you could see like, just me, me, me. Not like I was the only one, but I was up there. And I was like, okay, you know, strange why they cho- they made that decision. But I think it just boils down to, Something we've said in the past with review copies and stuff, you know, either A, I just don't fit their list or I don't fit what they're looking for, or they don't think they'll maximize for me, which is fine. Um, or, or, like we say with a lot of review copies, it's that idea of just like, um, you know, will they will they be so critical that it hurts us? Um, how much reach do they have when they are critical versus when they're very positive? That's another thing. Um, and Rage some, some 2 people... was weird because
0: I got a code prior to IGN for Rage mm-hmm. 2.
1: Yeah, Rage 2 was weird, and, 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 you know, more to that, like, Kakarot was weird because apparently Xbox codes went out for Kakarot early, and I could have gotten an Xbox code, but, like, I'm just, like, I always say, like, hey, I'll take anything. I yeah. didn't specify it, and because of that, like, I didn't, I don't think I got a code early. I, I think I could have gotten Xbox code a lot earlier than I had originally anticipated, but just the way, you know,
0: wording was, they were just yep, like, oh. yep. I think you list. got li- you got probably yeah, you got probably popped into another list. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all about it's, lists
1: and you just don't want to screw that up.
0: <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about um on camera, but I'll tell you about remind me mm. after this. Um mm-hmm. and I'll talk about it next week uh, or the week after. But dude, I, I'm in the midst of another one that is just it's so confusing, Maddie. It's so yeah, fucking confusing. Yeah. Two different codes from two different groups with completely different requirements. For the same thing, it is, and I'm just looking at going, what in the, with one early, <laughs> of course you'll go with the early one, right? Like right. that only makes sense. And, and some discussion back and forth, uh, not dogging on anybody, but it's a company I've dealt with in the past that has done this uh, already once where you're just like, these are the weirdest embargoes. Obviously there's a person who's doing these things. Um, but remind me, cause I got to tell you about this one. Cause it's another one where you're just like, what the f- Fuck! Like, how do you even like? You almost need an agent who just says, "Everybody who's got a code of any kind for this game, contact me, and I'll decide which." Like, mm-hmm. it's too hard. I think for you and I. Just by ourselves. Yeah,
1: and I think it's hard on the the people who handle it because there's just so many of us. Horrendously. Yeah, there's just, and there's so many people who are maybe even smaller than us who got like 10K subs, 20K, 30K, whatever, and they're like, I'll shoot my shot. And I I totally understand that and encourage it because, like, I remember when I had 20K subs and I got my first ever review copy, it was Saints Row 4. And I remember like just jumping for joy, like legit, like up, down, up, down, because I was so excited that like someone gave me a chance and then then Ubisoft invited me into their program. They started getting me codes. So like, I'm happy that, you know, hopefully like if I don't get a code, I hope that someone's getting that moment. Like that's what I hope for. Um, Yeah. Hopefully they
0: don't hold it from everybody, which we have seen as well.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, That's kind of what I hope for in the, in the scheme of things. But um, yeah,
0: Doom's looking great, man. Is there any, uh, any closing thoughts? No, I mean, from what we've seen, uh, it looks a good deal uh, like they have a good deal of time to make it even better, which is cool. Yes, I agree. And congrats to Bethesda on seemingly having something
1: uh, looking pretty good for them. All right, let's talk about Half Life Alex and then get into the patron questions. So, uh, just an interesting little tale here because, you know, there have been so many game delays, and one of the rumors has been that Half Life Alex will receive a delay, but there was recently an AMA on Twitter um, about the Valve time, and answering questions on Half-Life, Alex. And uh, here's what an official account wrote. With the exception of some tweaks to the absolute final scene, the game is done. Lots of us at Valve, as well as playtesters, have tested through the entire game multiple times. Right now, we're primarily polishing and bug and fixing bugs, Sorry, which is where we'd hope to be at this point in the development cycle. We're confident we'll hit our intended release, and we do let and we let the Valve time happen before we announce the game. Um, one other thing to note is that all of the Half-Life games are currently available for free on Steam mm, yeah. for you to play if you want to catch up or or get filled in on the lore, rather, uh, before you play Half-Life Alex, which I will personally be taking advantage of. I played the Orange Box. Ah oh, man. I think that was, like, 11th grade. I couldn't tell you a thing about it. So... I'm taking advantage of that. My friend told me about a mod where you can play a co-op. So we're going to play Half-Life 1 and 2 co-op oh. together. And, uh, yeah, it should be a really good time. So we're going to we're gonna do that to catch up for the, the big VR game. But um, do you trust these words is, is really the main talking point, I guess. Do you believe that um, they'll actually get the game out on time and that the, the valve time will not play a factor?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I also believe that they don't care if it doesn't. Mm-hmm if that makes sense they're, they're making money to, either um, way. <laughs> but they they want to sell the index which is their vr system um and i think they and, need to hit this date right cuz of
1: like the next gen consoles and stuff you kind of want to yeah, sooner than better
0: especially if ps5 does a vr within a year of their announcement um rumor is they're supposed to show something on february 4th that's popped up and popped down and popped up again um yeah i think we'll, february when they do show it uh that'll be sort of the indicator i think but uh yeah i mean it's i think it's a good date to hit overall i don't mm-hmm. i don't really see they've been working on it in secret for so long because i think they said something like three years so yeah, i think maybe more than that if i remember correctly but you're probably yeah, more accurate than i but, but but i mean a long time so yeah. i i don't really see it as it'll be a full-fledged game now that i've seen saints and sinners and that's a full-fledged game. Asra, Asgard's Wrath is a full, full, full-fledged game.
1: Yeah, it's getting uh, it to be a, a viable platform to invest in. It's very in. much so, yeah. yeah. Which is great. It's it's becoming a good spot for some great games, and that's why I'm happy I kind of invested just recently because um, it's fun for, like, little gimmicks, and it's also fun for, like, some, some really cool-looking titles. Like, right when I saw Saints and Sinners, I was like, man, add that to yeah. the list. Is that game long, by the way, or
0: yeah oh yeah it's actually it's well over 10 i saw somebody defeat it in 18 mine was 14 but it's depending on like how you play it okay and if you just want to grind away on like uh you know leveling up versus the story Mm -hmm. okay yeah
1: i was just wondering i usually don't play for more than three hours at a time because i don't know do you get it where your headset headset starts to like weigh almost on like your nose oh no do you have a do you
0: have a vr cover VR Cover. VRCover.com, order a foam insert that replaces that, and it removes the pressure on your nose. It For oh. every... V, it's called VRCover.com. They're 19 bucks, and they magically change the way VR feels on your face. Oh. And you pull out your... Because I've been like insert. adjusting
1: the knob on yep. my head nope. and like it goes you Goes know, away feel... completely. Okay, yeah. sweet.
0: All right. So In, literally, I okay. don't buy a VR headset now without either getting <laughs> a generic one from them or the the licensed one from them. And okay. every headset I own instantly. It's it's like replaced. an attachment, or do you put it on first? It, it the foam comes off of the original, and you replace that foam with your new vr cover foam and it's uh, it's a thicker foam it's softer breathable washable they're fucking for 19 but i would pay a hundred dollars because i would get a pressure on my nose or my brow yeah that's where i get it the brow is where i get the worst okay this lifts it and you're able to actually tighten the headset crazily enough Mm -hmm. because it's such a, a nice cover it's so puffy so you can actually make it fit better and at the same nice. time, be more comfortable. It's crazy. Nice. Yeah, awesome. yeah d- okay. definitely get one.
1: Yeah, because that's what I was gonna say. I I I love playing VR, but it's so spotty for me right mm-hmm. now because I'm like, oh, this just must be because like it's a freaking huge
0: thing on your face. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, and they, they don't weigh a small amount. Okay, you know they're a couple pounds. As I okay. mean, the headset is a couple pounds, so having some on your face hurts. Okay.
1: All right, so yeah, Half Life Alex coming relatively soon. Should be in March. And with that, Carrick, we get into our patron questions.
0: I have a question. What the fuck is the light blue canister of doom behind you? That box of light aqua blue? This. What is that? That is a record player. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah.
1: It it actually pops open and it's a record player. I usually use it while I am editing today. Um, I didn't have time to set it up. I wanted to, you know, just get straight to it. Uh, but yeah, it's a record player. And then to the left of it, can you see it actually? Yeah. Right there is, uh, that's the Nier Automata soundtrack. Oh, on, gotcha. Uh, on Very record. Cool. On, and on yeah, my, cool. yeah, my girlfriend got it for me. It's really neat. And, uh, it's got like extended versions of the tracks. Really beautiful. Actually. I love it. As you know, I love that game. So... <laughs> all right let's get into the first two from tropical ice cow number one is with watchdogs legion cyberpunk and Avengers, all initially scheduled for release in the first half of the year and now after and now all after e3 do you think they will have a large showing at e3 ubisoft
0: or all those companies
1: uh all those games watchdogs legion uh, cyberpunk and avengers they were originally scheduled for the first half. Now he's asking, you know, if, if like you know we're gonna see more large showings at E three. I think especially
0: Ubisoft, you can expect that. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's the default answer. Yes. Legion yeah. will be most likely leading, if not Assassin's Creed Ragnarok or whatever
1: they're gonna call yeah. it. Ubisoft should have a pretty good E three mm-hmm. conference this year from what yep. we're looking at. Because there's rumors of a Mario and Rabbits two Watch Dogs man. Legion already looked great as it was. Now it's getting mm-hmm. a lot more time for polish. Assassin's Creed coming back is going to be awesome. I loved Odyssey. I'm happy to see something Viking-based. You know, that the game could be, like... If it has that mixture that Odyssey had of, like, it's brutal as shit sometimes, but, like, you can just Spartan kick someone a mile away, they have that goofiness there. Oh, man, they'll already have something special. Um, Avengers? I don't know. Avengers is just kind of lingering, man. I don't. I don't think... You know, I think a lot of people have already said like, oh, it's going to sell well. It's Avengers. I don't I don't think it will. I'm going to be honest. I just I don't have a good feeling about that game. Um,
0: if they have a good E3, it will. If they don't, it probably won't. Yeah, I that was would be say. the easiest way for me.
1: A game out of everything that's been delayed looked like it needed it the most. Maybe Cyberpunk as well. Um, but Avengers for sure. But I think Avengers had legit just,
0: you know, as we like to say, baked in problems. Did you see Corey Balrog, the developer for the lead for uh God Award? Did you see what he said about Cyberpunk being delayed? Oh
1: yeah, that like every game's like run yeah, crap like, until body. Yeah, he's like, dude, optimized. it's
0: something I always try to tell people, it's like what are you fucking talking about? Like mm-hmm. that's legitimately like how it happens in development. It was so cool for him. And he, he had like eight posts in that in that thread yeah, on it was Twitter. Good. Was explaining good. development to people. It was almost and...
1: like an intern fucking leaked the information mm-hmm. to some journalist and they're just like they like, yeah, that makes sense. And, and it's like, well, yeah, if you we knew Co-
0: something about game dev, this is what it's like. Yeah, and Corey um, is fairly open about everything, both the good and the bad. Um, maybe not so as much with the bad because he's Sony and you know he doesn't mm-hmm. want to burn his bridges, but makes what sense. he was talking about was just development as a whole and it was cool for him to sort of just negate that because I saw some people just go into town and he was all guys it sort of makes us all look dumb too that's yeah. one of the reasons why i watch what i tweet I'm not cuss words and stuff but i mean like if you're talking about development it's like you better yeah, fucking you're trying source to be knowledgeable shit yeah you better source your shit because you're gonna have a dev now these days devs are much less prone to let something slide mm-hmm. and they'll be like nah, you fucking have no clue what you're talking yeah. about which is cool
1: Number two from Tropical Ice Cow with PS5 probably due around the end of November and Sony not attending E3. When, where, and how do you think Sony will reveal the console
0: and release date? I think the February showing will probably show it all, right?
1: Yeah, didn't didn't Sony do it in February last time? They revealed the console in the first place before they they even went to E3. I mean, Sony not attending E3... A lot of people used it as, like, it's a sign it's a dying show. I mean, it's pretty clear with the writing on the wall that the ESA and and PlayStation don't have a good... uh, Working relationship? Yeah, they don't have a good relationship whatsoever. Um, I I think, honestly, if any company was to abandon E3 and be bigger than it, it was probably Nintendo. Because, like, they they announce it direct via email. and And, like, they just say, like, oh, it's happening in two days. And, like, everything explodes. Like, stop everything. Everyone's making videos, predictions... You know, I think I'm surprised that Sony's doing it a second year, especially because, like, state of play isn't really well established. Um, but it's it's good to see that they're trying to do something outside of E3. But what's strange is, like, th- the reason I brought this up is because PlayStation said they're attending, like, hundreds of other events to show off the console and connect with gamers. And I know, like, Microsoft and Nintendo benefit from that more because it's, it's more of, like, a community thing especially for microsoft man like big time uh but it's like it's just clear that sony's not going to e3 because of something with the esa
0: yeah and also you know they get to control the talking the timing points. almost yeah. and um and microsoft does their own xbox event as well as their own monthly event as well as e3 nintendo does the directs and e3 videos I, I think Sony's probably Sony or Nintendo were probably the best to drop out. Um, but uh, total attendance was down by 3,000, and still it's way above what it was in 2012 I think was the bad ones, you know, where it was like 20 or 30,000 down. Um, it, overall, I would say they'll probably announce it in February. They'll probably announce the price. They may not, though, because there is a lot of hubbub about who's going to be cheaper, and Sony did get a spot on Microsoft at the last e, the last e three, when they both announced, remember Microsoft was like, mm-hmm. they go first, here's what it is. And Sony's like, well, we're a hundred dollars cheaper and you can sell your games or whatever they said. Yeah. Um, which is funny because Sony and Microsoft, by the way, both have instigated those exact um, <laughs> online requirements that Microsoft got nailed for. They yeah. Sony is just as bad. They both have just sort of saddled back in and done it anyway. Um, but yeah, probably February. Maybe not the price, but sure that surely the yeah. date.
1: I think the, right? the price will be the la- one of the last things we hear. I think, I think so, think, too. I think they're going to try to hype people up for the console, give it a release date, and then sort of just exit the stage and, and kind of control the conversation from there. Then again, if they're going to say all that, I think the price would come with it, now that I think about it. It'd be really weird to go on stage and be like, here's these games, here's the PlayStation 5, here are the specs, here's when it's coming, no, no price? I, I don't know. If that, I feel like that's kind of Strange. I feel like the only reason they may hold back on the price is because of the potential tariffs, you know, because it's being produced uh, in True. China and, and yeah. you might you might see a price change. Uh, so they may hold that back and just give you a release date and then walk on with it. Um, yeah, ultimately, I think what hurt E3 the most, I know this is off base with your question, Tropical Ice Cow, but I just think what hurt E3 the most of anything, I'm going to be honest, and, and this is no offense to anyone who attended. Uh, But I just think making it a consumer focused show hurt it the most because one of yeah, I think one of E3's biggest things was that it was like a you know, because you had things like PAX, you had things uh, uh, everywhere around the world. Um, I can't think of any other conventions off the top of my head right now, but Comic Con, um, you had so many different shows to go to. Um, that that let the the companies interact directly with consumers and and have them test games and so be a part of that process. One? I guess just E three, it doesn't. I don't think it hurts Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo or any of the companies whatsoever. I don't. In fact, it probably helps them. But I think for the ESA, I think that's a reason that this show is kind of going down because you got people, many people who work in the industry who are like we're not going to go. Cause now you see big companies pulling out. It's like, why would I bother? You see the info leak that happened with uh, E3 and you're like, once again, why would I, why would I go? Why would I give them that information? Um, I just think them turning it into a consumer show kind of just was them trying to spread their wings in a way that, that they didn't have to be. Um, and I don't say you know, cause I didn't like, I'm not one of those people I've heard like podcasts and stuff of people like talking about uh, E3 and like, you know, they couldn't stand how there were so many just like normal people there and i'm like i don't give a fuck like i was there when there were a ton of normal people if you will and like i just it's not like i was bumping into everyone it was it was crowded but like it wasn't bad especially when you're like in our position we have media badges so we can like hop in front of everybody dude i'm just saying from the esa point of view like you can just kind of i feel like you can kind of smell that they made maybe not the best decision for their business
0: well and they also had mistakes afterwards yeah so i don't know sure. if we would be If it would be as much of a mistake, but to speak about what you just said, I rarely believe that there is a overarching message trying to be portrayed. But I will say with E3, I firmly believe that journalists on purpose are trying to portray a message that it no longer matters because it is no longer secretive. It is just like a fucking exclusive country club being open to everybody, and now mm-hmm. the members are like, well, it's not as good now. We're going to go somewhere else. Sorry. I'm not saying it's fun. <laughs> all of them do that, but there is a very large contingent where I look at their tweets prior, and which you can, and look at their tweets and it's like magically, suddenly it's not like, oh, there's some issues with E3. Let's be honest, it's a big event. There always was issues with E3. Um, and then now it's like, pip-pip, it, it's outgrown itself. It, it Like, <laughs> Sorry. It, a lot of that is i think spread as a you know you're, it's no longer a, a the old term was boys only club not for e3 but that's the old term that's used for something like it's yeah. a boys only club then you allow everybody how dare you you know at, i don't i agree with you i see what i didn't think about it as packs already having you're right PAX does already allow people then you have to look at e3 and say why there might be a financial thing, too, that we're not Yeah, aware.
1: I just feel like it had, like, a purpose, like a service that it was fulfilling and, like, the change that may have hurt them. Is it a bad thing? No. Because I know, like, for for me growing up and I know for many other people, like, the dream is, like, oh, well, I want to go to E3 one day. I want to be on that floor. Because kind of like what you said, like, there was that secret thing. Like, mm. you know, you'd always hear the rumors of the secret booths where, like, certain things yeah. were revealed that weren't shown to the public. And, um, yeah, I, I ultimately think, like, that kind of chaps some people's asses, and that also is why consumers wanted to get there. And I think the ESA thought they were answering the bell by and that it may hurt them. But I, I cut you off. What
0: were you saying? No, that was that that was pretty much it. Um, okay. I think that I think the leak hurt. I, I think if the <clears throat> leak hadn't happened, that's a big deal because you're you're actually affecting the people who are already bitching, mm-hmm. right? So imagine a person saying microtransactions suck, and you get a game where they suck. That is the exact opposite of what you want because you just fed into the exact same. And I do believe that there's some of that. I'm not saying that it was a bad or a good decision, but I think that they also had three or four mistakes or whatever occurred. I don't even want to get into how all that shit occurred. But they you hurt the very people you could have possibly pulled back um, by having good events, you know, and they didn't. Mm hmm. I was th- oh, 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 sorry. Oh, sorry i was gonna say for you and i the cool thing sorry is that at e3 um yes maybe big journalists won't go but i firmly believe that it'll it's in microsoft nintendo ea sony whoever goes ubisoft it's in their hands to actually turn that into a positive by embracing the consumers that are going yep and imagine something cool like this. Imagine if I was a big company and you have a line of people and you're like, hey, a hundred of you guys, let's go look at a secret title. That kind of stuff could absolutely, like, change the way people think of E3. Like, oh, my God, there was some, you know, and I don't think that's happened yet. But I do feel that there is an untapped market with those consumers being there where you can right. cause them to be the mouthpiece for you. Makes sense. If you handle it correctly. Mm-hmm.
1: Next question comes from Natural Calamity. What is a way you think Stadia can recover? Maybe make some deals you, for new games? You, join you Force- cut out, bro. You cut oh. out. Start
0: that again. Natural Calamity. Sorry.
1: Natural Calamity. What is a way you think that Stadia can recover? Maybe make some deals for new games? Join forces with the steadily falling GameStop. Go the Game Pass route for Stadia. I'm just going to say, I think it's kind of like, not dead and gone, but like, it's just ahead of its time. Like, I think we'll look back at it in like five years, maybe, and start to see like, oh, they had the good idea. But it's just, it's one of those things. It's one of those pieces of technology that we talk about. Um, it's not narrative, like the stats have proven it. it. You know, they have more problems than just the, the, the stadium itself. You know, the games, their prices, that stuff hurts it. I think the lack of services, the the idea of like, why would I why would i play destiny 2 on on my on my stadia instead of just at home um obviously there is that allure of like oh take it to your airport and and sync it up with your laptop and you can play destiny 2 wherever you want um and you're kind of seeing that idea with pc games with now alienware announcing some type of like switch looking game system that's going to be able to play pc games but Uh, You're seeing technology try to bridge that gap in a number of ways between high-end games and portability, and I just don't think the the tech and and price points and public, more importantly, is ready for something like that. Give it some time, and I think Stadia will look like a a, a brilliant idea in hindsight, but there have been other mistakes that I think have hurt it, and no one wants to buy in. I, I totally understand why. With new consoles coming, we just talked about VR taking off. I'd rather pocket that 150 or whatever it is for a Google Stadia founders edition and instead uh, focus on VR for that. You know, you're you're already about a quarter of the way there with if you're looking at, like, the Rift S.
0: Yeah, I would agree with all that. I think the only thing I would add is that Stadia did announce last week that they had 10 exclusively early on Stadia titles coming this year. We don't know what they are. Um, even if they were cyberpunk, and I mean this, even if they were cyberpunk... Um, Today, for instance, 60% of the East Coast was down for the internet, which is why I'm surprised you and I are actually able to talk, because <laughs> um, my Twitch announcement for the podcast didn't go live today, because it just the Twitch servers were just having issues. Um, right. Microsoft has it, it correct. Hardware backed up by streaming. They just announced Destiny 2, day before yesterday, is available now in the Xbox Insider program to stream. So they quite literally just like neutered one of the reasons for the Stadia. Mm-hmm. Additionally, $150 versus buying an Xbox original for 190 or 150, if you get it on sale, you start going like, well, wait a minute. Like, th- why would I buy it? I can still, with Xbox live streaming now, you can stream just like normal to your Android, just like you could to the, using Google, but you also have a home console if you want to play it at home. Um, It's price points fucked. Its deliveries fucked. It should have come with a mini PC. It mm-hmm. really should have. It should have. Co- and I think that would have also failed. I the yeah. internet's not ready, man. Yeah, dude, it's it's not ready. Australia, by the way, an entire continent not ready. Mm-hmm. Go ask somebody in Australia what the internet speed is. Yeah, <laughs> it's I a hear platypus. It all the time yeah <laughs> yeah it's crazy well camel right you talked yeah, to him camel camel loan for sure loan had really bad internet forever skill up when i did his podcast or when he did my podcast i think he had two megabytes upload so it's like <laughs> so yeah, bad dude that's like that's snail mail so yeah, yeah it's not ready
1: Swaggy Booty has a question for me. Maybe you've played this game, Carrick. Uh, he says, Matt, since... I, this is why I don't read the questions in advance for this specific reason. Matt, since I've noticed you've been using your VR lately, have you purchased VR Kenojo? Why or why not? Um, and so he posted a screenshot of what this game was in case I had not heard of it. Uh, it says, this is Steam version. Looking for a unique VR experience. Well, will look no further. In VR Kenojo, you can hang out with the lovely next girl next door. Hmm. sakura yuhi you'll practically feel her breath on your cheek and the warmth of her fingers on your arm as you laugh and talk all day and the release date was uh last year april 9th 2018 i'm sorry last year i'm an idiot i keep thinking it's 2019 <laughs> two years ago uh and it's got po- very positive reviews on steam have you heard of this game
0: yeah i think i your... played it i think i own it um... are you serious yeah because i i've done um vr paradise which is strippers i've done vr I, i've done all it, it, dude when you have a vr system you just start buying shit like if it looks like in all interesting vr poker stars which is free is probably one of the best games on the vr system strangely enough i i do believe i played that but i played a lot of the what are they termed um female there's a term for it like female entertainer games um they're all just creepy as fuck there's nothing about it that it's just like when you look at porn for the first time in vr it's like your fucking pyramid head from you know fucking silent hill <laughs> yeah, the cameras are all screwed up or they're digital looking which is what she looks like i just feel that go to vr chat it's free don't buy that <laughs>
1: go to vr chat well go to vr chat i have a friend
0: that's a, got a thousand hours of vr chat <laughs> a thousand hours yeah okay that's a lot i don't even yeah i, I mean that's a lot I've, yeah. i dude vr chat for D D is incredible i've talked to some people um there's been speeches given the coolest thing i ever saw was a two-hour history lesson that was given mm-hmm. in vr that was fun but yeah nah. yeah yeah uh,
1: in answer to your question swaggy booty my friend i have not played that game i don't plan on it um because you you know he, he tricked me one time and made me play hot to full boyfriend and i did not like that game at all <laughs> I, I did not i have not like ever just I, it's not hate i just never have straight disliked a game more than oh than wow. hot to Full boyfriend yeah. yeah i just i just thought it was so I'll, i'm just gonna say it straight up like dumb shit pisses me off <laughs> yeah right. and, and that game is just dumb like it's like oh birds dating sim I'm like why why yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking why no offense to anyone who likes it, because I know I played, look, I played nine hours of it, all right? That's how much of a chance I gave it. Um, I just think it's very stupid. All right, Natural Calamity has another question. He he resubmitted. Sorry, I did not see this. Uh, when seeing the Cyberpunk delay and looking past all the corporate jargon, what do you believe the delay is attributed to? Also, do you foresee them releasing any more gameplay for the game? Well, second part of your question we already answered, but yes. Uh, what do you think the delay is attributed to? Optimization. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah, just just making sure it runs well. It's a very tall game, so you're allowed to apparently go inside buildings. That's what they're trying to mm-hmm. do because it's a city. So I think it's making sure that that city can run on current hardware. And then you got to think they're launching now closer to next gen. They're probably optimizing and making sure things don't go kaputs on that because you know you you think like oh obviously if it can run on the PS4 it'll run on new systems. But you got to think of, like, Assassin's Creed Unity where, you know, next-gen Assassin's Creed, you thought there would be no problems,
0: and it ended up being a very problem launch. Disaster. Um, Also, uh, I think that they're a company that—if this was a different company, I don't know how long the delay would be. It's CD Projekt Red. They're flush with cash from good old games. That's how (laughs) they get all their money. Well, in Witcher 3, selling, like, hotcakes. Uh, (laughs) There is no stress there compared to the stress— that like is at some other companies. It sucks for them, I'm absolutely sure. I also am now firmly I don't know, I wanna see if you believe this. We discussed this for hours on the podcast last week, and I am now ninety percent sure they knew this delay earlier than they announced it. Hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like uh, and I, if... yeah. I don't know how much earlier. But it feels like they waited for other people to say shit was being delayed. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. What, you know, and just be like, so are we. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I kind of
1: see because I, I look I, – I just always think back to, like, last year's gameplay release. And I was like, that was fun. But, like, that didn't – we talked about it the week after on the podcast. We were like, it just didn't look as good as – Yeah, right. Like, they added a bunch of shit to the game and it just started to, like – it started to, like, fall apart a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Something about it just looked off. It still looks like a good game, of course, but just –
0: I just mean within the last maybe month prior oh, to the announcement. Oh, yeah. See, I, I mean, maybe, maybe it doesn't date months. back
1: that far, but yeah, it, I, yeah, they definitely knew it in advance for sure. Yeah. Drunken Boar. Number one is, what is a weird reason you stopped playing a game? I have an unhealthy fear of snakes and Far Cry 3 and 4 were hell for me to get mm. through because of this fear I couldn't power through Primal. Fair. I was actually loving the game. It was the way the snake jumped out that got me every time. <laughs>
0: Fair. Oh, understandable. I'm trying Fair. to think.
1: What's a game that spooked me out so much? Do you or have that one? Or for
0: a dumb reason you stopped playing? Um,
1: a weird reason? I guess you could throw in a dumb reason, but a weird reason?
0: Or, yeah, weird reason. Sorry. Uh, Man. I mean, yeah, Jedi Fallen Order.
1: Hmm. That's reason, so, too.
0: Yeah, and I went back to it finally, but Jedi Fallen Order, um, the the bonfires, whatever the fuck you want to call them, um, they're in every game. Mm-hmm. And there was one particular part in that game, and the reason why I call it weird is because I still don't firmly believe that the Dark Soul style combat worked as well as people think for Jedi Fallen Order. And I experienced this one moment where I died, and it was a pretty big truck back to the spot. And I remember thinking to myself, like, why is this game I'm not wanting to continue playing where Surge 2 I had no issue? None. Mm. And I think it's because I already knew the IP and I already knew all the enemies I would face. And I know that sounds weird, but it's Star Wars. Right. So I know it's going to be a fucking stormtrooper. And I ended up, that would be it. That I knew the, the weird thing is that I knew the IP so well that the Dark Souls style corpse run shit. Or not Corpse Run, but, you know, far back to get to where your your save game was. I just, it it was weird to me. And I think that that wouldn't have happened with other games. I did go Mm. back to it.
1: Let me double check the name of the game. I have a, I have an idea of one. Okay, it is called that. So there's this really good game called Phantom Doctrine, right? It's definitely inspired by XCOM. Except mm. it's set in the Cold War. What, you don't like it? Not very good. <laughs> you don't like okay. it? Okay. Okay, no, Continue. it's fine. I get I I why you, you wouldn't. Think. Okay, so I liked it because, you know, you could... You could you didn't have to always go guns blazing. Like, you could sneak yeah. into, like, places and use disguises and just grab your intel and leave. Um, I played it about 10 hours. I really liked it. I made, like, a 40-minute Patreon video on, on why I liked it. Uh, just kind of walking through the game's mechanics, which I want to start doing more. A lot of people really like that. Anyway... So this isn't like an uncommon reason, but the text in that game is so fucking stupidly small, and I just – I couldn't take it anymore. I was like right. – I, I played – I intentionally played even on handheld, and then I started docking it, putting it on the biggest TV I could in my house to see if I could see this game. And I still couldn't fucking read it. And I, had, I had 20-20 vision. At that point, I was like, you're the problem. You're, I'm done with you, and yeah, I, I right. deleted the game. And that was it. I never went back <laughs> despite how much I liked it.
0: Did you have an issue? The only issue I really had with that game, I made that face uh, only because the enemy could shoot you from anywhere in the level sometimes, and there would be times where I felt I had to basically scroll all corners of the map before doing anything, Mm -hmm. because if I went anywhere, it didn't matter. It's like the AI can see where you can't see unless you look, and that may sound normal, but for that in particular, that kind of game, I think the levels were too big. Or, or their yeah, distance I see was too much, if that makes yeah.
1: sense. Yeah. One of the biggest enemies of those types of games were, like, when to get the level started, you have to take, like, two turns to, like, yes. walk places and position. Yes. Achilles heel big time. Yeah, for sure. V- very like, much I, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I could see that being a problem in, like, the longer, long run. But, like, initially, like, yeah, th- there was one mission I did. Uh, it was for the patron video. I was doing a stealth mission. I, I Like, the video was, like, 40-something minutes but it was, like, at least, like, a good hour and a half of just, like, recording. And, and you right. know, me just trying to, like, f- like simply stealth my way into, like, I think knocking someone out and, and taking them away in a room that, like, the game practically forced me to engage with, like, guns. Which I just, yeah. I don't like that feeling either. But, yeah, like, orienting the, the situation can be fun for some people. But that game, like, because you have to, like, move five steps. Now your AP's out. You got to pass turn. I don't know. It can it can put you in a sticky situation quick. Number two from Drunken Boar is when do you think VR and streaming will be the main ways that people play games?
0: Oh, I see Stadia and VR. Is yeah, it, streaming. Oh. I
1: guess either or. I I think I think you meant either or. If he means combined, I don't know. I don't see that's VR on its own is already tough enough. I yeah. can't imagine streaming a VR game. If it, it starts to lag, that would be awful. Um, Dude, that would
0: be so nauseating. Yeah. You'd get so sick so I fast. Don't, I think
1: just on principle more, I think they wouldn't combine those two just because of that. Because uh, we we heard developers of Half-Life Alex talk about how they didn't do portal VR because you start to get sent through, like, portal after portal. And it's just like, oh, hold on. Take the headset off. You know, this is too much. Yeah. Um, I think streaming is kind of like what we said with Stadia. You know, it's, it's a matter of when the internet is ready. Um, I don't th- I don't think it, we're, we're super, super far off, but it's it's just a matter of time with that. Uh, it doesn't mean that I think physical releases and, and downloading games will permanently go away. I just think you'll start to see more services pop up, which sucks, by the way. There's just so many now that it's like, it used to be great and now everyone's doing it. It's not yeah. as good. <laughs> Unless it's Game Pass.
0: Okay. For VR, I would say um, I don't think all games are made for VR, but I do think this will mm-hmm. be the year where you see a lot of VR. And I don't even mean from Half Life. I mean from just a ton of companies. We'll oh, see yeah. more and more VR.
1: Yeah, you'd be surprised once you pick up a VR headset because now it's like, okay, I had the hardware. How many games there already are that are yeah. good, and like how many are coming? You're like, what? Oh my gosh! So, yeah, I'm excited for the for the future of VR. There's definitely a lot more coming. And I think people it is are a platform, aware.
0: though. I think that people don't realize it is like buying a console it mm-hmm. really is because mm-hmm. some of those games are just for vr and then some <clears throat> have both like fallout or skyrim but a lot are just for vr and don't have a pancake version yeah. at all
1: it's kind of got the the same situation as the switch for those who aren't aware we're like mm. skyrim is like Carrick said like you can play it on your switch you can play it on your ps4 or whatever but it's really really fun to play in vr because there are so yeah. many things that change the immersion level Especially like when what Carrick said last week where you mod it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's wild. All right. Let's move into our questions from Benjam. What are your top five Hall of Fame games from your childhood? For me in no particular order, so we won't put it in order either. He said they are Guitar Hero 2, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, RuneScape, James Bond, Nightfire,
0: and Pokemon Leaf Green. Wow. James Bond is a combo breaker. I'll be right back. I'm going to put my dog out.
1: <laughs> All right. No problem. Uh, For me, Benjamin, I'm going to say Sly 2, Thieves of Time, for sure. Uh, We're just talking childhood, by the way. These are not favorite games of all time, but I will put KOTOR 1 in there. I did not play KOTOR 2 for a while. So Sly 2, KOTOR 1, Ratchet & Clank, Up Your Arsenal, for sure. That game was, like, super significant to me. Uh, I think that was the one where you get the fire whip, and I remember just being, like, stunned that you could just use something like that in the game. Ratchet and Clank was major for me growing up. I don't think any of these will be surprise picks. Guitar Hero 3 for sure. I loved that game, man. Grinded that shit. Like, I was... I remember thinking I was a rock star. I was sick at Guitar Hero. And I'd buy, like, Smash Hits. I'd buy uh, all these different expansions for, for Guitar Hero. I was obsessed. I was one of those people. So, yeah, Guitar Hero. I wouldn't have thought of that if you didn't suggest that. And, yeah, RuneScape as well. I don't mean to copy your list too much, Benjam. But, seriously, man, like runescape at one point as a kid i only played runescape from like fourth grade to sixth grade it was the only game i played so that's my list character just came back so character, you know my list was Sly two thieves and uh i said thieves in time band of thieves Sly two band of thieves um i oh man i guess there' halo in there too but anyway uh slide two kotor ratchet and clank up your arsenal um what was it runescape and guitar hero three Hope oh, your mic's still muted. <laughs> Hold on. Sorry. Uh, These are childhood? Childhood. Yeah, just grown up. Those games. Doesn't have to be Fan- favorite of all time.
0: Space Harrier, Fantasy Star. Um, Zillion. Those are all Sega games. Space Area, Fantasy Star, Zillion. Yeah, those are all Sega games. <laughs> um, and then Conan for the Apple II E, which is fucking ancient. It's wow. Wow. Let's go with the Genesis. Oh, Star Control 2 for the Sega Genesis. Holy shit, that game is good. Yeah, so, you know what? Those are all one Apple game and the rest are Sega, I believe. (laughs) You got one more. Yeah. Oh, do I have one more? Yeah, you got one more. KOTOR wouldn't have been my childhood. Mm -hmm. It would have been pretty close. If not KOTOR, probably Baldur's Gate 1. Oh. yeah Baldur's Gate 1 probably <coughs> yeah I think, man like, just thinking back to time frame. this is
1: one of those times where usually I like when the, the viewers or the listeners ask us like more condensed like 5, 3 but yeah. if they pick 10 oh my gosh because I would have easily picked like Mega Man X Command Mission Mega Man X8 Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance like Champions Return mm-hmm. to Arms like those games just
0: bang, bang. I would have added Gauntlet because that was yeah. a huge Gauntlet so that shit was that that's one of my favorite games of all time
1: yeah for sure Second question is, is there any video game that you have and want to beat, but for some reason you find every excuse not to play it? Hmm, depends. Like for me, it was Disgaea 5. Disgaea 5, I procrastinated for years, years, years. I had it on PS4 and I was so convinced that it was the system that was delaying me from playing the game that I fucking bought it again to play on my switch I played it for about five hours and just realized that it's a. I don't like games that are that style of combat if you will I it's a Final Fantasy type that I don't remember what the exact term is um but that almost like for those who don't know it's like the camera's up above almost like isometric but then you tilt it down 45 degrees it's like a diagonal angle and um a lot of people like it for how creative you can get with it i just it didn't sync with me and i thought story was a little silly which i know it's supposed to be but it wasn't silly in a grabbing way like a borderlands if you will like it didn't get me in that way um but yeah for for a really long time that's a game i put off
0: um i usually buy what i am gonna play uh
1: yeah, I, I'm I, not one of those people that I buy a game and I don't play it, but, like, there's
0: been a couple times on I bought a sale game, you know? Yeah, I think the one game that, like, I get into and then bounce off of all the time but I want to keep playing is Elite Dangerous, whether it be VR or not. Because hmm. I, I love those kind of games, but they the, the requirement just to remember five controls... Is actually pretty high because you have to. I mean, you have to control like your landing gear, your speed for landing wow. on a spaceport. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm just like, dude, I just want to hit a. And, yeah. and and if I'm doing VR, I sometimes want to do something else. So Makes yeah, sense. that it, elite I think definitely pops up a lot.
1: Okay, Vault guy or Vault 101 guy. Uh, he has a two-part question. We already answered it because originally he asked about cyberpunk and the delay, and we've kind of mm-hmm. talked about that multiple times now. Uh, he also asks, have you or Carrick played Subnautica? If not, you most definitely should. Amazing game. I'm playing it for the third time. i to break play your
0: that. gotta break your heart, man. I just don't like that game. <laughs> I don't know. I Why not? I, I, I had, cause I had early access to it. or when Uh-oh. it was in early it's been in early access for fucking oh, okay. ever. I think it just fine got kind its of game final. Is it? Uh a survival underwater game. So it's okay. like um it's like no man's sky, but underwater, I guess. All right, that's and you're not building my game. your base, <laughs> yeah. And I played it when it was technically unfeasible. In fact, it actually still. Um, Johnny plays it on our podcast all the time, and even he's like, "Dude, I love it," but it's still not optimized after like six years. It still has FPS drops, and he's got a 2080 Ti, and you know. Mm. Um, so I would say probably Sub- Subnautica being one of those titles that just didn't grab me. And I tried to return to it a while ago, and it just. It's probably one of those games that after five hours I would suddenly be like, oh, I get it, and then everything would be great. But Right.
1: All right, moving on to Grade Ape 51 with a batch of questions. Number one, this past fall had less AAA releases, and at least for me, the first big release won't come till March with Ori kicking things off. Well, I have good news for you, Grade Ape. That's in February. Yeah. That's the middle of February. February 11th, I believe.
0: It is. You say, Yeah, last week
1: mm-hmm. we looked it up. So that wasn't even a question. that was a statement from great ape I don't do we respond to this? Do we just move on with our lives and just tell him to fuck
0: himself? we just say, "Dude, it's February <laughs> unless he knows something we don't
1: well anyway, I'm looking for oh I'm sorry there was i i I am the idiot now. I am the idiot now because it's he i saw he he separated his his question's in the right manner with paragraphs, but he wrote number one. He wrote his whole thing about the fall games, or Ori in March, but then there's enter. And he goes, I've been enjoying being able to go back to some older games or finishing others up. What about for you guys? Has this stretch hurt your workflow being content creators? That was, he was talking about what was coming up that he was looking for. And then he included his question with that. But the way it was written out, I thought it was a separate question. <laughs> Sorry, great we love you.
0: Yeah, I would say content creator-wise, YouTube has hurt me more than anything. But um, the the gap does hurt if you're not doing reviews, and that's what you're known for, mm-hmm. because I noticed, I've even noticed now, the views are much lower. Um, and I was out of the office for a month or so last uh, year, and so those combined, I would say, um, not big games, though. I could have done some small games, but, you know, yeah, I, I don't know if it hurts in fact it could it's probably refreshing it's just you have to decide what you want to hit because a lot of times it's easy because people identify it for you Mm -hmm. people identify because they're talking about ori or whatever so you're you're focused on it you're like they're talking about it and i'm talking about it that i'll cover but when it's when there's a lot not coming out there there's sort of like a okay what do i cover sometimes there's too many options
1: Sometimes I just shoot out a tweet. Like, I remember with Far Cry New Dawn, yeah. I asked people, like, hey, I this was when I was just, like, interested in post-apocalyptic games. I was like, would you guys think this would fit? And people were like, yeah, definitely. And then, like, as it approached, I was like, eh, it doesn't look that good. So, never mind. Eh, it wasn't. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, for me... I would say it's tough for me to go back to games, but I take really big advantage of these points in time where, like, we just have Kakarot, and that's it, and, like, Ori's coming in February, and, like, that's really it for me in the terms of interest, where I do like to go back to games, or I do like to clean up the backlog. That's why a lot of people complain about their backlog. I probably, if I looked at back to the N64, I'm sure, or the SNES even... I'm sure I have like a very large backlog, but I just look at what I care to play, and I don't have a very big backlog. I think mm-hmm. the most intimidating one sitting there is Chrono Trigger on my DS. That's the one that I'm looking at that like one day I want to sit down and play. Uh, but for me, I try to tie it into my work a little bit if I think it'll work. Like right now, I'm I'm tinkering with playing on the Game Boy because uh, we're two hours in, so I'll talk about a little pro- project I've been working on. Um, you know, I've been I've been toying around on the Game Boy, and I'm just like maybe I should just make like a video about. You know, should you play or buy, sorry, a Game Boy in 2020, and maybe combine that with like the analog pocket that's coming out, and review that. Um, You know, and so I like to combine my nostalgia trips with projects because I think you know I can always go back and just go put the nostalgia goggles on and just enjoy something, but I also just enjoy playing new shit too. So it's kind of fun to go back and take like a different angle on it because it makes it more fun for me. So I try to combine them. You guys will know. In December, I did a 2019 review for Divinity Original Sin 2, and it got, like, 90K views. Like, people just sometimes like to revisit titles and rediscuss things years later. And so I try to combine those two, and it works pretty well. So it hasn't hurt me as much as it used to. It used to be a big problem.
0: I also use it for study. So, like, I think I watched every GDC video there mm-hmm. was because mm-hmm. you just don't have time sometimes when you're covering 10 games. And so right. it's been a very good time. And reading, I like to do other stuff outside of YouTube, strangely. Yeah. (laughs) Number two.
1: What are some of the best podcast or half-watching a show slash sport games uh, for you? So far, I've found Slay the Spire and Darkest Dungeon to work well. So, like, what's a game that you maybe play when you're just chilling on the couch and you're, like, half-watching something? I can't do that anymore. I used to be able to. Yeah, I mean. I just, I've tried and i am just the way my brain is wired is I want to focus on one thing, right? I, I can't do, I can do multiple things at once, but I like my girlfriend makes fun of me all the time. Cause when we text, I have typos or I just write words that make no fucking sense. And, and, and it's because I'll be playing my game and I'll quickly try to shoot out a text and then put my phone down. And then like, I'll just mess up. <laughs> it's cause like, I'm trying to do two things at once. I'm trying to focus on one thing while doing another. And I just, I feel like I'm going to, Either I'm going to suck at the game or I'm going to be interested in what's happening on the TV.
0: And eventually I'm just like, I'll just watch TV because I always play games. And I focus on voice acted games a lot. So like even my MMOs are voice acted, which means Mm -hmm. I want to listen. So like I was going to say DC Universe Online because I I fucking adore that game and it doesn't require a shit ton of uh, whatever. But I actually enjoy the voice acting, so I want to listen to it. Um, Yeah. Maybe a KOTOR. No, because I want to listen to the voice. Maybe, oh, yeah. Slayer's Fire is one that makes
1: sense. Like, I'll sit in a party with my friends and just play it and, like, not focus on... I'll just play the game, kind of, and just, like, focus on the conversation. But that's about it. And that's still not, like, TV or something.
0: And I could play board game video games, for sure. If there were, oh, yeah. like... And there are a couple that I have that I would yeah. play. It just all depends
1: All right. Number three from Great Ape is what would you guys like to see in the next Far Cry game or return to the Far Cry 2 style gameplay primal (laughs) 2 I'd at the very least like less random things happening when you're talking to an NPC or in the middle of a mission. I think the difficulty in general could be increased and less copy and pasting of mission types in different zones could help. Do you think that the recent editorial changes at Ubisoft will help the franchise?
0: the hell you know versus the hell you don't know so i have no clue if that'll fix it Ooh, deep um though you didn't like primal i would like to see a return to primal very much uh, i would like to see them branch out in those kind of oddities versus just more guns you know i, mm-hmm. I by the way far cry 5 story was actually very cool and the some of the weird shit mm-hmm. going on there i actually thought that was great um but i would agree with him and all the other stuff like Random spawns in 5 are ridiculous. Like, they had a fishing ability in that game, and you could barely fish because you got attacked by fucking every animal. Two people on a plane. The bad guys knew where you were all the time. Um... I don't know yeah, what I would like. Dynamic to see and them there's go just to.
1: being harassed, and that's oh, the dude, one yeah. thing I just want them to tone down because it's or like, a
0: mod. Is there a mod available? We were talking about this before. I, I don't, don't play
1: Ubisoft games on PC because mm. I usually don't hear gotcha. great things about their ports. But yeah, I just I personally hope that they design wise, like just the interaction is great. Seeing the world alive, it's just a little too much. Like they should just do what like. Even Assassin's Creed, actually, now that I think about it, I was going to praise it, but, like, they had the mercenary system, and that could be such a fucking pain in the ass sometimes. Or the pigs, Um, or
0: chicken... Was it chickens or pigs in that game? I think it was chickens. Wasn't it chickens in Odyssey that would attack you all, and people were dying from chickens? I think that's the game it was.
1: Oh, be. I don't know, actually. I've never heard that. That sounds kind of funny, though. But I... I,
0: Yeah.
1: I just, yeah, man, the, the constant, like... Mm-hmm. You know, someone's got to be doing something to you. It's like, you know, it's it's developers not realizing like sometimes we just like to breathe and just hang in a world and Also, I'd Maddie, like to see Far Cry go to VR. That would be cool.
0: If it hasn't already. It hasn't. Yeah, that would be cool. I was going to say I agree with everything you say and I think that also they make pretty beautiful worlds regardless of if I like the game or not and always they am. fill them too busily. So if you were able to just crank down the spawn Whatever you want to call it, um, and the aggressiveness—I think those games would be fucking awesome. Because mm-hmm. Far Cry Five, even New Dawn, Primal, Four, Three, their landscapes were fucking amazing. When you had a moment to explore in those games, the, the yeah. fucking spots look awesome. It's just you never got a chance to look at a rock because you're getting shot in the face, hundred percent, or attacked by a fucking weasel, or you yeah. know, there was always something. <laughs>
1: All right, next question comes from Big Orc Boss. What's uh, We're nearing the end here. We only got like three more questions. Um, what are the absolute best and worst licensed book, movie, television, etc. games you have ever played and why? For me, the best example of a licensed game that I've played would be Total Warhammer 2, and the worst I've played is Dragon Ball Z Sagas. That game is really bad. Do you have a uh, a particular best and
0: worst licensed game you've played? Probably Vermintide for Warhammer. You think um, that's like a best? I really do. Yeah. Yeah. I really cool. think they did a good job um, giving you the different character classes and just... I love Warhammer. Mm-hmm. Um, worst. I mean, Jesus. IPs are known to be terrible when it comes to games. There's, there's thousands of choices for how bad... um a licensed game, though. Oh, man. There's like, Star Wars. There's a ton of shit, Star Wars games. There's a ton of shit. Oh, dude. DC. I played Superman on the N64, considered one oh, of the worst games ever made. Yeah, that's a bad one. So I'd say Superman. That's a bad one.
1: Hmm. Yeah, for me, best licensed game. Best licensed game, Toy Story 3. That is a, yeah, That game is fucking awesome. That is a fucking fun game. Worst, man. There's got to be something there. Teenage Mutant Ninja
0: Turtles by Platinum.
1: Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Shit.
1: Yep. Thank you. All right. That's my answer right there. (laughs) Carrick knows me better than I know myself.
0: (laughs) Unfortunately. Well. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. Let's keep going and wrap this sucker up. Johnny EC says, since we're talking about Saints Row earlier this week, which was between him and I on um on my uh, other thread in Discord. What's a franchise that's been on a hiatus that you'd love to see return, and with what improvements? Hmm. I, I think I think a Mass Effect would be a, an obvious one. I'd like to see that return with, like, you know, a more grounded, focused approach, not being so big, but, like, hub-to-hub, kind of what makes Mass Effect great. I know a lot of people nowadays, I've seen the conversation shift and say, like, yeah, Andromeda's actually not that bad, but I just think it's uh, still pretty bad, <laughs> I'll be honest. So I uh, I would like to see that series come back and keep the gameplay. Gameplay's great, but uh, maybe hand the, the series off to a different set of devs or, or ones who want to tell competent, impactful stories. I mean...
0: He actually picked a good one with Saints Row because I was always a Saints Row fan. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's um, what we were talking about. Because he said he beat I two read again it, yeah. and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I mean, I don't know if is is Mass Effect or Saints Row technically on hiatus though. Like, how long would a hiatus? How long would we consider a pause? Be a couple of years, um, I guess. Couple of years. Uh, like a couple years. Like couple. Like I guess knowing though, because Mass
1: Effect, I'd be like, oh, they're making one, but they did say like after Andromeda, it's it's quote on oh, ice yeah so, true you know I guess you could say like Dishonored but Dishonored was great if that came back as is I wouldn't be too upset but there's just series that lie dormant
0: G Empire yeah. uh, Medal of Honor
1: that's coming back EA. in VR did you know that
0: oh I did yeah I don't know how I fucking forgot actually yeah, I was gonna I say if
1: you didn't know I was about to blow your mind because yeah, that game looks yeah. fucking no, awesome
0: um, <laughs> uh, but there, the reason why I actually mentioned Medal of Honor is there's the other war game by EA where you were four people in a in a, a squad. There was two of them, and they had destructible... Uh, it was like Battlefield, but it was right before Battlefield. Army of Two? No, no, but that one, I honestly would like to see return. I liked Army of Two. I liked, I liked the both first one. That's the only one I played. The second but... one was not as good, but yeah, those okay. were good. Um, it was like, not Army Men, that's not right, but it was four dudes, each with a goofy personality, and it was a war game, like Battlefield... Um, is it like
1: mercenaries? I
0: no. No. Okay, there you go. It's not going to happen. D- forget what I said. Mercenaries, for sure. Oh. I am a freakish mercenaries one fan, somewhat too. Um, won't happen, but or it may. I don't know. Hmm. Didn't we, where's the IP on that fucker? Do we know? I know you're doing stuff for it, but is there? Yeah, as far as
1: that? I'm aware. Yeah, yeah, I can talk about. It. As far as I'm aware, currently mercenaries is
0: owned by EA. Mercenaries. I would love to see I fucking mercenaries one on the original Xbox, the original original, was fucking
1: amazing.
0: I would love to see. Yeah, the first first one
1: was great because it was just like GTA and South Korea or whatever. Or North Korea, I'm sorry. Yeah. The second
0: one tried to get a little too uh Uh I don't know what the term gritty or whatever. Yeah.
1: All right. Last set of questions comes from Mike Fury. We'll do this in a rapid-fire fashion because we're passing the two-and-a-half-hour mark. Despite the show, just, this is a really good episode. It's one of my favorites. I
0: didn't realize this. Oh, damn. It is late. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ.
1: Mm-hmm. It's late as shit. Number one, do you guys think that Vampire Bloodlines 2 will be delayed? Yes. Yeah. 100%. All right. Number. Did I say number two for first, or did I mean number one? I don't even... I don't know. This is what happens when we record. No, you said long.
0: Vampire... Oh, yeah. I don't know.
1: I don't know if I started off saying number two because I was looking at Bloodlines But oh, Whatever. Someone will let me know. Number two, the real number two, favorite piece of armor in a game.
0: Fuck. Damn.
1: That's not an easy one I can just I can just throw out there.
0: In Mass Effect, there's a helmet with a hologram that goes over your right eye, and it actually has scrolling text, and I always thought that was just a that's cool awesome. graphical effect. All what right. was yours?
1: It's not, like, favorite of all time, but it's definitely one of my favorites. It's when you play Kingdoms of Amalur, if you owned Mass Effect, you could or in Dragon Age, you could get um, N7 and Dragon Age armor. Or, I'm sorry, no, it was Mass Effect, you could get Dragon Age armor, and you'd have the Dragon Age blood dragon across your chest. And fuck, I thought that thing looked so cool.
0: Yeah, that was very cool.
1: Very cool armor. Number three is favorite upgrade in a game. Favorite, I guess, ability, power, skill
0: that that you could accomplish in a game
1: Mm, man.
0: Dragon Age Inquisition of all things has a shadow stab where you're fighting you hit it and your character does uh, like the you know the shadow leap stabs out and then you can reverse it and go right back after a parry and for some reason it I did it once in the game and I was like holy shit this is amazing Mm-hmm. and i really dig that. Also, anything in Mass Effect, uh, the one in Mass Effect where you pick an enemy up and you just let them float into the sky is mm-hmm. fucking and watching them wheel around in the sky is such a powerful feeling. Both of those would be my power upgrades that i like.
1: One that i really like is um for those who play Smite, there's this god called Ra. He's been there since like the very beginning and he has this ultimate uh, where you press triangle or whatever it is you activate ultimate on PC. I, th- I want to say it's like Q or something. Um, and it's just this long ray. And when you do it, he like puts his arms out and he closes his hands real fast and like shoots a, a large, like I said, sun ray out of his mouth. And, and like the sound design for it, I think Smite has really underrated sound design because it sounds so good. And it's just like a, a shotgun blast that goes a million miles And it's really hard to land, but if you do, it it destroys your opponents. And when you're, like, in a tight match and you see, like, players trying to run for their life and you're like, no, you don't. And, like, you just anticipate where they're going. You press triangle and you just snipe them for, like, 800 damage. Awesome feeling, for sure. I mean, that's one of the kind of the things about the game in general. But Ra in particular, he's not the best guy in the game. But,
0: oh, my God, when you land that ability, it feels fucking awesome. Honorable mention has to be the shout in Skyrim. I actually do. Oh yeah, here. yeah, dude, yeah. it's I, it saved my bacon because I forget to use the shouts all the time, and I'll be in VR, yeah. and I'll be you know kicking somebody's ass or whatever. And I told you I changed my shout to saying Maddie does not have VR. I got to switch that too. Are you I are used serious? The voice. Wait, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I switched it to Maddie does not have VR, and it's oh Ooh. my god. Um, I got to change that, but the, the scream <laughs> the is. If you're in the middle of a battle and there's guys circling you in Skyrim and you do that and watching everything in the game world shatter and explode and then fly around is fucking really cool.
1: That's that's funny. I can imagine what your wife's thinking when you're just screaming that in your bedroom or whatever.
0: I don't even know if she listens to me anymore.
1: <laughs> Favorite new IP in the, of the 2010s? We kind of went over this already. Um, mine was, mine was Rampa.
0: Favorite IP of the
1: 2010s. New IP. New IP, like a new series that came Mass out. Mass
0: Effect oh. in 2010s. I mean...
1: Mm. Mass, makes, I thought Mass sense. Effect started in 07 or 08.
0: Oh, fuck, dude. Did it? Yeah. I think Yeah, because it was a part of the Xbox 10. 360s, 3, 3, the Bioware, Bungie, and, and uh, Bizarre. Um, mm. 2010, new IP. Damn, I don't know. New IP? Um, well, I mean... There's only There's, one game. They're but established Oxen series free. now.
1: Oxenfree. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good pick. I like that. That game's awesome. Yeah. I, are you excited for the spot. one that they're making? Uh, the 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 hell drinking
0: game. one? It's out. It's out. Oh, I reviewed it. You don't like it? It was Ooh. dude. Its writing was horrendous compared to. Oh, that sucks to yep. it sucks to hear. Yep. Sucks to hear.
1: Number five, what game do you guys think will be the Greedfall of twenty twenty? Will fly under the radar, mm. but is really good. Mm. I mean, we gotta get a list of games for that. But uh I I think early contender is probably Ori. I feel like there's not enough chatter for like what looks like a
0: fucking gorgeous game. I would hmm, yeah. So one that's not talked about a lot. I'm just looking at the lists here. Like the
1: greed fall. Like it's just like a handful of people. I just feel like there's industry discussion, but I feel like Ori ori has been in the making for a while too. So like it kind of makes sense why no one's really talking about it. It's like, all right, just come out already. But when you think of like Xbox exclusives, you're sort of already in grants. It's coming to PC too, but you're kind of already fighting an uphill battle at this point in time. Um, and then to get that wide mainstream attention on uh, a metroidvania title is really tough too. So I'll I'll say Wasteland 3. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Because, just because it has the ability that it's possible that could end up turning out to be one of those games that like people ref- you know sort of believe it's just an old Fallout style title and they don't really right. look at it, but the last couple trailers I saw r- uh, really intrigued me.
1: Right. Makes sense. Last question of the day before we wrap up this show: the weirdest things you guys have ever eaten. Fuck, we already answered that at the beginning of the show. We, we were talking about the uh, the toothpick and the the packet and everything. Yeah, we've we've ate some serious shit before. And I don't um, experiment
0: my... with food anyway. Do you?
1: Uh well, d- define what you mean by. Experiment I consider with food. like are we talking like bull testicles or whatever? Yeah, or anything.
0: But even I just don't even experiment. Like I don't like sushi. I don't. Well, oh. that's seafood. I hate seafood. Oh, but like, okay. I don't really experiment much. I'm not. If I go to a new restaurant, if I, if I go to a Chinese restaurant, usually I'll get the typical stuff like kung pao chicken. <laughs> or I'll literally get a burger and everybody I was going to yeah, say yeah I was going to say you're the
1: guy you're the I, guy who gets like chicken I mean, fingers at a fucking diner dude, where there's like so many options it's probably
0: been it's been in the oven for like 6 months <laughs> and shit cuz nobody orders them there but yeah. yeah I don't experiment with with grub much No
1: I definitely I definitely love to test out new food then it, it compared to what you're saying for sure like I I find that exciting um but I definitely have my limits you know there is certain things like I'm a very, I'm a visual eater, so sometimes I like a garbage plate. But there are times that shit just does not work, and it's like way too much. We had uh, this. This we went to this. Uh, me and my girlfriend went to this place where they served like pita uh, stuff, and they would like coat the inside with like hummus, and then they like. I mean, dude, this 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 pita bread's like this tiny. Like it's a little whatever, mm-hmm. and they they painted. That's the best term to describe. They paint the inside with hummus. They put this like sesame seed sauce. They put like tons of chicken shawarma in there. They put cabbage. They just put like lettuce. It was just a fuck ton of food. And that's, that's where I get turned off. I'm like, all right, like I get, you know, some of the American mentality, if you will, is like eat big, but like, this is fucking insane. Like I don't need this much for a a pita sandwich. And you just described
0: everything I hate other than cabbage. Like all the other stuff, I would never eat. And hummus is fucking revolting to me. So, like, do you, so you can eat hummus? You don't mind hummus? I love hummus. Yeah. I love no hummus. No shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm a mayo guy. Like, if there's anything, oh, yeah, it's I just mayos, mayo. Yeah. I don't really mess with any of that. Crazy I
1: would, stuff. I would, in that case, I would kill to see you try like my avocado oil mayo because it's like a healthier version of mayo, if you will. <laughs> I just love to see you try and be like, what the fuck is Horse this? Horseradish.
0: Uh, I do like hot sauces. Um, as yeah. long as they're not too hot, I'm not a fan of burning myself. You, for no, no real
1: reason. quick, real important question: Do you like liverwurst?
0: Okay, I didn't think. Yes, I, okay. I, my grandma used to make sandwiches of it, and I didn't realize what it was. And then you've grandfathered into gross. eating it. Yeah. It is, and you've grand, <laughs> but you're past that point, right? You've it's eaten an it, and then yeah, know. and your parents tell you what it is, and you're all hmm. But I also love spam, and spam is literally face meat. I mean, it's pretty nasty. Spam is created. Yeah, they get a skeleton of an animal that's got remaining meat, and they use a pressure washer to remove the remaining meat. They pack it together. But fried Spam and eggs in the morning, breakfast, like uh, instead Mm -hmm. of bacon, or on a sandwich is so good. But a grandfathered in. If you told me today would be the first day I ate Spam, I would probably look it up and be all, it is not the first day I'll eat Spam because I will not eat that. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah liverware. Whir- it's funny you mentioned that, man. It, it's, it even caused me to, like, remember the taste because I haven't had it in. Isn't that a grandmother thing? Because that was for me. My grandparents ate it. I think so because my, my I never tried
1: it. I used to make cold cut sandwiches all the time. Like I'd always have like turkey and cheese or, right. or ham and cheese. And I was like, I'm getting bored of it. My mom one day came out with like a liverwurst sandwich with a little mayo, pickle relish. And I'm just like, what the hell is that? And she just told me it's liverwurst. And I'm like, I just had a fuck it moment. I'm like, yeah, the name doesn't sound great, but I'm just going to try it because I want a new sandwich. And mm-hmm. like when I put it on, when I saw her sandwich though, I was like, that does look, that does look good. Like, you know, like you said, it's like a, a grandfathered in thing. Like it's a taste I know as a kid, I'd be like, gross. Yeah. Yeah. I I, admittedly.
0: Yeah. I would, I would probably have a sandwich with that on it.
1: Definitely. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you listen this deep, a sincere thank you. This is our, our longest episode in a while, but uh, it was a great one. Uh, We're at two hours and 44 minutes as we, uh, we wrap this one up. So, like I said, you know, if you guys got this deep, we really do appreciate that. Yeah, um, we are, so. Certainly, we kept kept you busy during something, whether it be work or just playing a game. Maybe you're, like uh, Great Ape said, just you know, playing Slay the Spire or, or Darkest Dungeon, something along those lines. Uh, we're glad to be your your co-pilot, if you will. Um, but, Carrick, any closing
0: words, or shall I wrap it up? Hashtag strange meats. <laughs> yeah, you got yeah. This one. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> strange meats. I want to see who gets to this point. I hope nobody cheats and just goes yeah. to the end. But yeah, if we get a lot, we'll
1: know. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because no one's going to be like, two hours and 45 minutes? Nah, I'm good. Yeah, Um,
0: I'll (laughs) I'll just get the Twitter post at the end.
1: Yeah, we appreciate you guys so much. And we will talk to you all next week of episode 238. I believe that's the episode number. If not, I promise you I'll have it right next time. Do take care of yourself, and we'll talk soon. Peace out.